Real quick guys, think about that clapped out bike you're riding. It's hideous. Is that bird shit on your subframe? Well, it doesn't have to look like that anymore. We Coat It is the solution to your problems. We Coat It specializes in not only powder coat, but Cerakote as well. With sandblasting and polishing, those unsightly cast marks on your parts can be done away with. You want your bike to stand out, right? Well, look no further. Contact We Coat It today to give your bike that custom look everybody wants. Look, I did it. All my homies I ride with have done it, and you need to do it as well. That's We underscore K-O-A-T underscore It on Instagram. Contact information will be in the bio of this podcast. Let's get back to it. What's happening? Lee Stewart is today's guest. He's the epitome of hard work and dedication getting you far in life. With the long history of freestyle sleds and moto to being a professional stunt rider for years, Lee is truly a bad motherfucker and I'm glad he carved a few hours out of his busy schedule to hop on the podcast. It took a few weeks of back and forth, but hey, big moves aren't made overnight. Now let's jump into it. You are now listening to Bikes and Bullshit. Bikes and Bullshit, Lee Stewart, welcome to the show. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for having me. uh, Yes, sir. All the way from Canada. Unfortunately, uh, we can't meet up in person at this time. That's a a little bit of a big commitment. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I'm sure getting to... I'm sure getting from uh, there to here, I don't know. I've never checked a plane ticket. Have you ever looked at how much a plane ticket is from there to Texas? Uh, I don't know. I've driven there before. It's like a 30-hour drive to Dallas. Oh, kill me. But it's literally, like, me. literally a straight line the whole way. Like I just got to yeah. go south in a straight line forever on the same highway. Yeah, I yeah, but whenever we were talking about doing this, I like looked up where exactly you were because I have no idea where anything in Canada is. Yeah, it's And cr- I was like, "Oh, literally straight north." Like exactly north. Yeah, you jump on That's Highway 75 weird. and it goes directly to my house. Wait, 75 goes all the way to Canada? It goes literally like all the way to my house. Like you got to make like two turns from my house to Dude, Dallas, li- Texas. <laughs> 75 is like four houses down from me. <laughs> yeah, it's That's pretty hilarious. crazy. <laughs> Fuck, dude. One road for 30 hours. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I've done it before. Um, God, that's crazy. So, okay, so I was first introduced to you uh, by Jake the Garden Snake. How did you two meet? Um, just from YouTube, I guess? Yeah, just from YouTube. Um, uh, it was weird because, like, I, I just started motovlogging or whatever, and that was when I was, like, fucking horrible at it. Um, I started trying to, like, find other motovloggers and stuff, and I was just – everyone – I just hated everybody's stuff. Like, all the main stuff that you find when you type in motovlogging. Uh, yeah. It's like a lot of the stuff that just I know we would Comes up like. with some cringy stuff. <laughs> yeah, some very cringy <laughs> shit. Not and to then, be mean, but. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, these guys are all stupid or whatever. So I started like searching around a little more and I found Jake and uh, his stuff was funny and he's doing wheelies and stuff. And then, uh, so I just like dropped that weird random YouTube kid comment on one of his videos. I was like, hey, yeah. man, like I do wheelies too. Maybe you should check my shit out. Like the most annoying comment ever. And then, uh, sure enough, he actually <laughs> did. He totally did. Then yeah. he, like, he was like, what? I think Jake was seriously like probably like my fifth subscriber. <laughs> like, no shit. He's been Whenever, there from the beginning. What year was that? That would have been like 2015 or 16. Oh, okay. Um, Where, what were you? Were you doing Harley wheelies at that time, or did you have something else you were? Yeah, doing that's all I was doing. That was kind of right when. The okay, whole, that's what I thought. That was right when the Harley wheelie thing all kind of just started picking up steam, and uh, and yeah. I w- I was probably I think I was one of the first ten guys to kind of be doing it. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, so I started dumping it up on YouTube real quick. And uh, yeah, and I started motiv- Like I made like a cool little stunt video production first. And then I was like, dude, I want to make more videos, but you can't make a stunt video every week. It's impossible. Like, no, so I was like, not at all. It uh, gets very repetitive. Yeah, so I was just like, I don't know what I can do here. And uh, someone said start motovlogging, and I had no idea what that was. So I looked it up. I was like, yeah, I'll give that shit a try. And then sure enough, yeah. all of a sudden it started happening. And then uh, probably like a week or two into it, then Shade Tree found me, and he brought me into the whole Monday Night Live hangout thing. And that's where I ended up kind of like meeting everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I gotcha. That's cool. Um, okay, so you've gone down like a – pretty well completely different path since then and you have your own apparel company now and like that led you to making your own screen printing business and basically designing people's brands for them and you have quite an impressive portfolio (laughs) you've done a lot of shit thanks man yeah it's been uh, a trip (laughs) yeah a little bit um so before we get into like all the 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 38 rideco and the rogue lab and all that interesting stuff uh we'll go back to like the very beginning and um like when did you start riding Oh shit! I've I've been riding for like twenty seven years. I think I was like four years old, or no? How okay? 20, so you were thirty one. Twenty eight years. I'm thirty two. So yeah, twenty eight years. Damn. It. Oh okay. It's like Jesus Christ, dude! How fucking old is this guy? <laughs> so you're like four whenever you started riding. Yeah, I was like four or five when I started riding. Yeah. Did your family ride? Like yeah. your dad or your mom or anybody? Yeah, everybody. Everybody did. What yeah. they ride? Dirt bikes or quads? Or uh, dirt bikes. Sled? I guess you have sleds like, too. I grew up in kind of yeah. the boondocks, so like it was all you know, quads, dirt bikes, snowmobiles all the time. Yeah, that's kind of how I was too. Like I grew up riding four wheelers and shit, and I had a dirt bike when I was five, and it all just kind of went from there. Yeah, even um, <laughs> except for the quads, even from a young age, I knew they were terrible. I would never set foot on one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not my style. Yeah. Um, what was your What was your first bike? Uh, my first bike was a 1984 Honda Z50. A Honda Z50. Yeah. Nice. I've been on Yamahas forever. Yeah, I've, that was the very the first Yamaha one. Guy. Um, I even had it again for a brief period when I was like 16 or 17 and then sold it for like a dumbass. Oh, really? Yeah. That was like right when the ah. whole... Right when the whole like mini craze was really blowing up, you know, and everybody had yeah. a fifty going on and was modding the crap out of yep. them, I ended up finding that thing again and buying it. And then all of a sudden, I was like, you know, I could sell this and just go buy a brand new XR fifty, and that's what I did. And now I just really regret that so much. Was it your <laughs> Was it your exact bike? Like it was yours? It was, it was my bike. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty funny that you could find that again. Yeah. Um. Outside, like, what What were you like as a child? What were you doing besides that? You, I imagined your childhood was probably just fucking crazy it was just because yeah. you seem like you're kind of crazy it was, pretty, it was pretty uh like minimal supervision <laughs> we could say because like we're country kids okay. right so being out in the country like you jump on your dirt bike and you can just start riding for miles in any direction and no one really like says like don't do that <laughs> yeah pretty much uh because whenever i was growing up i was like out in the country a little bit just like kind of right outside of town pretty much and whenever people from school that had never been to my house whenever they would come to my house for the first time they'd be like holy fuck i've never done anything like this before like we had the four wheelers <laughs> we had like the dirt bikes we had all kinds of shit yeah and people would just like lose their minds oh, all the time go jump shit like people would come over and like wreck the quads all the time oh yeah dude. Like, dude i can't i can't how am i supposed to like send you home if you get fucked up too bad <laughs> yeah. you'll never get to come back dude take uh, it easy oh yeah so much of that shit happened <laughs> like i had so many friends that were never allowed to come back to my house growing up because like we used to do so much yeah. dumb shit like towing old truck hoods behind snowmobiles at 100 miles an hour fucking someone sitting on it and then goes flying cartwheeling down the road and shit like us <laughs> yeah <laughs> safe dude that's yeah. safe where were that the was, parents that was the best kind of childhood you could have 
<laughs> pretty much <laughs> okay so like you also got in you were doing like freestyle motocross and shit too right yeah like I, i've been racing motocross and snowcross for as long as i've been riding basically like i started racing when i was around like seven or six mm-hmm. something like that um so yeah i raced for quite a long time probably like 15 years i imagine something like that um oh damn yeah and i was actually supposed to be a pro racer i already had like you know contracts and the work's going i actually did for moto um i was racing our canadian national tour up here the pro series um and snowcross i was just kind of breaking in because that's when i was like 15 and you're allowed to be pro um so yeah. yeah i was just starting to kind of like i had already had contracts to do all this stuff and then freestyle came around and i was like hmm i, I think i'd much rather do that because we used to have like the jump contests at the races and stuff all the time at the end of the day and i'd always win those things and shit and that was when during the week during practice i was not putting in laps i was going to find the biggest jump on the track and i was learning how to do like <laughs> heel clickers and no footed cans and supermans and shit like that like that's all i cared about all the old school freestyle tricks yeah I'd, like at home i'd be just doing nothing but building big jumps and stuff and trying tricks yeah. and as soon as the opportunity for freestyle came up some dude called me i was starting like the very first professional pro freestyle tour and was like hey man we've seen like what you can do at the races and stuff we're doing this uh thing and you're gonna be like if you want you can be one of the first 10 people in the world to make this a sport and i was like Right. Oh shit! That's <laughs> I was like, hard so, to turn down. I was like, well, I've got all these racing contracts. Like, I'm already like set and whatever. And uh, I, I had to make the choice. I had to like literally start again from ground zero with no sponsors because that's when freestyle was like shunned by the industry, right? So it was yeah. like, yeah, give up all my free sleds, all my free shit, everything, and then just like, all right, let's take a chance here. And like, everyone mm. hated the fact that like, especially like my dad and stuff, because he was grooming me to be a racer since I was a little kid. Yeah, it was. I was just like, oh, that's what I got to do. So I started off my first freestyle event. Uh, with a borrowed sled and like borrowed gear, like the works, like it was like the worst ragtag setup known to mankind. And thankfully, and I went up against like all these guys I idolized growing up. And thankfully, I like went out there, got second, got noticed, and then from there on out, it was a a free ride again. So it was like it was a good risk. <laughs> yeah, turned out all right. <laughs> what what age was that at when uh, you started doing like the freestyle sleds? Uh, it was fifteen. I was in the tenth. Holy shit! Yeah, I was in the tenth grade. Dude, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, it was. Cr- I've never even ridden. I've never even ridden a uh, like a snowmobile or sled or whatever before. Yeah, it was. It was they crazy, seen... man. Like I, just being like a normal tenth grade kid, and all of a sudden, like I'm traveling around the world, making money, doing whatever the fuck I want to do. <laughs> it was. It yeah. was kind of crazy. And I'm sure, like between now and 17 years ago, whenever you were doing that, I'm sure the sleds back then were pieces of shit oh, compared to what they, they have today. They were terrible. But Super like, sketchy, I'm I, sure. I couldn't imagine riding one of those things now. It would hurt so bad. <laughs> but when you're a 15-year-old kid, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm yeah, I'm sure the suspension back then was a joke compared to oh, what yeah. it is like now. trying to jump. And up. I'm sure the jumps... <laughs> trying to jump are probably a little bit better engineered now too. Oh yeah, the like landings those, and everything. That first year, man, was like there was a lot of carnage that first year because like that was the first like snowmobile ramps that ever existed and shit. Like we were yeah. experimenting with different ramp designs and stuff all the time and different landings, different gaps, different. Sometimes we'd have arenas where you'd literally have to like jump and fucking duck like the ceiling sometimes because some of these arenas were so small yeah. and like <laughs> <laughs> like I remember one of them. The rafters were so low. Um, I remember saying in practice, like, we either got to make these gaps shorter or we got to, like, not do certain tricks. And everyone's like, I don't know about that and whatever. And I'm 6'2", so I'm tall enough to do it. And I was like, watch this. I went out and I did a big straight-up cliffhanger in practice and fucking tagged the ceiling with my hands. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm sure that's a little nerve-wracking was, the first time you try that, that seeing terrifying. how you're like, oh, I hope my head doesn't fucking hit it. Hopefully yeah. just my hands hit it. It, like, it, ugh, it happened sketchy. a few times. One guy hit a scoreboard once. I remember that. 
<laughs> Damn. Yeah. Are there videos of all that? Do you have videos of like all that back then? Or I've no? got some pretty terrible home video of some of this shit because like this was back in like 2002, 2003, right? So YouTube wasn't yeah. a thing. Social media wasn't a thing. Yeah, so of course not. Everyone's got like old handy cam footage of this shit kicking around. I've got a whole box of it. You should definitely, you should definitely get those digitalized and put them up. On. I, I've been meaning to for years. I want to make some edits and shit out of that. Like I don't know, kind of make some little docu series kind of thing of all the home videos I got kicking Damn. around. Yeah. That'd be pretty interesting. That'd be cool to see. What were like the big tricks back then? Uh, well, that was the crazy thing. Because I don't think people weren't doing backflips back then, I'm assuming. That's I, I can't remember when those first started up, but it, I don't it, think it was then. It happened in the second year of the sport. That's the crazy thing. Like, we progressed oh, really? so fast. Like, we were the ones innovating literally every single trick that happened in that first year because there was only, like, the basics, right? And then uh, and we were just doing yeah. what freestyle motocross was doing. So, like, we caught up yeah. to freestyle motocross within uh, probably six months. It was crazy. Like, yeah. Like, I, I know personally I'm the first person to do at least, like, nine different tricks on a snowmobile. It's it's nuts. That's pretty good. <laughs> and, and then, like, backflips. <laughs> feel good about it. Then backflips started, and that was, you know, the whole game changer. But they it, yeah. it took a long time for those things to really cement themselves in the sport because with a snowmobile, it's a lot fucking harder to do. Um, so, yeah, like, within the second year of the sport, there was, like, one or two guys that could do it, and it wasn't consistent. It was, like, a, you know, one or two-time thing, and that was it. And it, it took about, like, yeah. three, four years for guys to really figure it out. Yeah. Were you, did you ever – were you doing backflips on the sleds? I did it a couple times, and I was like, no, that's not for me. Was there any even um, trying that into a foam pit, or was that like that's, all? That's just it. Back it then, there jumps. was like you did it or you didn't. You had to man up or you <laughs> <laughs> go full commit or yeah, like get I, fucked up. I remember I full committed one and landed completely fucking upside down, and it was like, yeah, I've had enough of these. <laughs> uh, how long did you do the freestyle sleds for? Uh, I did that for probably like 10, 12 years. Um, Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah, was a, I had a pretty long, decent career. Like, well, for 10, 12 years, I mean, like, I retired when I was, like, 25 or 26. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I just, like, at that point, I'd had enough of it, to be honest with you. Like, it, I miss it at the same time, but just traveling nonstop and all the partying and all the other stuff that went along with it. I wanted to be, like, a normal person because, like, I, you know, I started when I was 15, so I, I missed, like, a lot yeah. of those, like, teenage years where you get oh, to do a, yeah. be a normal kid, right? So I, I kind of wanted just to be normal after that <laughs> understand but then again like pretty uh, my teenage years of growing up uh, i've got some stories that definitely a lot of people wouldn't be able to match from those same time periods <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's I, w- I would assume that i mean that's kind of a crazy lifestyle to live honestly yeah it was crazy um, man like we did uh, you travel i'm assuming you traveled all over the fucking place doing this yeah to like i don't know how many different countries like pretty much anyone that had snow basically um damn all over what was like the coolest place you've been uh one of the coolest places for sure was in moscow we rode right in the middle of the red square um that was no shit yeah that and it was it was serious dude like super serious what what event was that was that like a major event or yeah red bull put on this huge thing like the they got on them and MTV managed because nothing had ever happened in the Red Square in Moscow from the time of like the old Cold War marches to our event. Yeah, like, like that's like a sacred space. Um, Damn. And yeah, Red yeah, Bull. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Red Bull and MTV somehow managed to make this thing happen, and uh, 
Yes, we rode right right in the middle of the Red Square, right in front of the Kremlin. Like, it was nuts. There was all these Russian dignitaries and shit there. Like, Putin was there watching, surrounded by, like, 100 military people. Fucking, it was, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> there was seriously, was like... Was guns everywhere? I feel like in Russia, there's probably just dudes with guns everywhere. There, especially... Th- dude, we got, I got them to start firing them off in the air because the crowd went so crazy. <laughs> um, at the end of it, me, no and, way. me and one of the dudes, um, we had, like, you know, all of our promo shit that we bring with us. Like, you know, sponsors send you all their stuff and whatever. And at the end of the event because there was like 40 or 50,000 people there watching outside and so we went out in the crowd and we just started like hucking all this boxes of stuff out at people and it's like mm-hmm. just all this merch and like these Russian people you know that doesn't happen very often right so like they started yeah. going fucking crazy and like this little mini riot started fucking firing up and all of a sudden we heard a couple AK-47s pop off in the air and I've never seen 40,000 people go silent in an instant <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking they know to show up over there I guess yeah it was nuts but yeah dude like everywhere you look there's a guy standing on a corner with an AK-47 those FSB guys are literally everywhere Jesus. And if you're foreign, yeah, that's a pl- if you if you're foreign, you make sure you got your passport on you at all times cuz if you don't, you're going to disappear into a Russian jail. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're not like supposed to even make eye contact with people there, right? Yeah. Like I've heard it's like you fucking look down and you do your thing and It's a <laughs> and it's a weird place. People. Like it, it's very much a free country now but at the same time underneath the surface uh, i'd argue that fact a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah there's still Putin's some an interesting guy there's still some <laughs> solid communism under the surface there it kind of seems like that it kind of seems like that <laughs> but, but it was cool man it was a really cool experience i got to there was a lot of like i could probably write a book on just the stories that happened from that trip because there was some weird shit that happened um, <laughs> but yeah, like seeing all the cool sights and stuff, riding in such a crazy place and, you know, right underneath our feet is where you go underground and see friggin' Stalin in his glass coffin hanging out there and shit like that. It was pretty nuts. Yeah. That's intense. That's fucking intense. You still like hang out with all those guys that you, like you used to do the freestyle stuff with? Uh, I haven't seen a lot doesn't... of them in years. Cause like all of us were from different parts of the world pretty much. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we still kind of, the odd bit of us keep in contact and shit, but I haven't seen a lot of them yeah. in a long time. Gotcha. Because you're, I want to say, like, I follow him on Instagram. His name's Mike. I don't know how to say his last name, like Poirier or some shit. Yeah. Isn't that your homie? Yeah, he's a, he's a local he, guy. We live in the same neighborhood. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's he's like one of the newer people in the game. Like, he was, fuck, he was barely even hitting puberty by the time I was doing it back then. But, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he just kind of got started into it the last couple of years. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. What's like, uh, do you keep up with, like, the freestyle stuff? Still, or do you kind of like not watch it? Oh yeah, much? I still watch it religiously because I kind of like. Yeah. Like to see What's like some gone, of the big you know? tricks they do now? Oh yeah, I want. What's like the big to do with what they're doing now? That shit's ridiculous. <laughs> what, <laughs> what are they do? Are they doing like double backflips on sleds yet? Yeah, there's a couple guys that have stuck them, and like that's Ugh. that's so serious because even to do one on a snowmobile is very fucking hard to do. <laughs> yeah, how heavy are those? They're around like 430 pounds. And like, you know, okay, so it's like backflipping a DRZ. I got you. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you know, with a with something with a wheel, it's like a flip is a natural motion, right? But this has like yeah. a four foot long track on it. So, like, to try yeah. and yank it and get it to wheelie up a ramp, like, it, it's a hard thing. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's crazy, Fuck. man. I, I don't know how they Seems do hard. it so easily now. Cause, like, I remember back in the day, it was, it was not easy. Yeah. I got you. Is that why you, um, I was gonna ask, is that why you have like from doing all the freestyle stuff? Is that like how you know all these model chicks? Because like it seems like <laughs> in your photos and all this shit, you just have like all these um, 
big titty models. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just kind of happens, I guess. I'm sure you know the deal. You, you got motorcycles. You can do cool stuff on them. It kind of just falls in your lap. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You're not married, are you? No, God, no. Ah, you have a you have a girlfriend or anything? No. <laughs> no. No. I, I didn't think so because. Uh, that takes up time, and you seem like you don't have much free time. Yeah, exactly. I've been flying under the radar for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. So uh, what got you into Harley stunning? Um, I just wanted to do something new mainly. Like, Obviously, I've been able to do 12 o'clock wheelies on fucking anything since I was like nine years old. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I'd, I'd ridden stunt bikes for years and years and years. Um, I even was a pro in that sport for a brief period of time, which was crazy. I did some of the XDL stuff back in the day. Uh, but oh no shit yeah and then what were you riding what were you riding back then uh no six kind of six three six six three six yeah okay who I, were you uh who were some of your sponsors you had back then uh icon was the big one parts unlimited like i had like some serious corporate shit from my snowmobile stuff kind of oh, crossover okay. so that was oh of, okay that was kind of lucky on my part yeah. that i already had it seems like icon sponsors all the professional stunt riders, though. Yeah, well, like, like that's almost a given with Icon. Well, I feel like Parts Unlimited owns them, right? So, uh, Parts Unlimited was my title. Oh, do they? Yeah, they were my title sponsor for moto and for sleds. Like they they paid a serious amount of money to have their logos on my shit. And then when I told them, like, hey, I, I started riding stunt bikes too, maybe we can work out a deal with that. They're like, oh yeah, no problem. So, kind of got lucky in that respect. Easy enough, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I had that six three six. I actually still have it, and I have an 04 six three six that I've been trying to build for the last three years that I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I've seen I think I've seen that in a video. Maybe oh god, like, I want to say whenever you're redoing your garage or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I started doing a couple videos building it, and then I stopped because I ran out of money. And then uh, like now, it's all here in the comments. Where's the six three six videos? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure like I. I forget to do them all the time, but like I try to get user submitted questions, and I'm pretty sure there's a couple people asking about the old stunt bikes <laughs> in those. Probably, but yeah, because of uh, my stunt background and all that stuff, the Harley thing came around. I remember seeing um, those first couple videos that went viral of the unknown guys, and I was like, well, "Yeah," I was like, "Well, shit, that's pretty cool." And like, I at, at that point in time, I to be honest, I thought Harleys were pretty gay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I was just like, I, I had think no like up until them. that point, and, and like, then I rode once one. the Harley wheelie started do it. And the, uh, all of a sudden then I rode one. I, one of my buddies had a Dyna and I jumped on it and was like, oh, sing, you know, it's pretty fun. Like it, it's got, it's a weird, it's a different thing, you know, cause it's got so much torque and yeah. all that kind of, it's a totally different experience. And I was like, you know, actually this kind of is fun. Maybe I should get one of these and try it out. Cause I know I can do what those guys are doing for sure. And, yeah. Uh, I think, I think once people showed that you could like actually do wheelies on Harleys, like it opened open the door to like so many more people because not very many younger people would have been like, yeah, I'm going to get a Harley now. Yeah. Like, that's what, oh, but I can fucking, I can make it look badass and then do wheelies on it. Like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll commit to that. I'll get one for sure. Yeah. That's a hundred percent what did it for me. Cause I remember back like probably like five, six years prior to that, at least, or maybe even more actually probably like fucking 10 years, right when the V rod came out. Um, uh, my dad got one back in the day. I remember I wheelied that thing back in like fucking 2004 or five, whatever year that was. <laughs> and it was, it was a rough experience. Holy shit. That thing was not good for wheelies. I remember I brought it down and the windshield went flying off. I broke a bunch of shit. He was all pissed <laughs> off and I never, never touched one ever again. Cause I was like, oh, this is yeah. what Harleys are like. I want nothing to do with these things. <laughs> yeah. My dad's got a, uh, uh, what is it? A street glide. And I've tried to like, I haven't tried very hard because I, 
I don't want to slam it back down and break shit and him get mad, but like I've tried to kind of like pop the clutch and get it to lift up and it's like, it doesn't, it's not responsive enough or something. I don't know if it just needs to be tuned or what, but <laughs> it's, it's a weird fuck, thing. It's a big like, ass bike. It, it took me a while to figure it out. Cause I've never been able to like not jump onto a bike and wheel it right away. Like that's literally no matter what it is, I can jump on it. I can 12 o'clock it in five minutes, but that thing actually yeah. took, it took me probably like a full day of dicking around to figure out the science behind wheeling a Harley properly because it doesn't just happen like it does with every other bike. You got to really like have your throttle and clutch control down to be able to like not break the tire loose. That's the hardest part. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I guess they would just break loose pretty easily. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing. Like, uh, and you have to, and each one wheelie's different. I've ridden like, I don't know, probably like 10 different Dinas at this point. Each one of them, I had to do a different thing to make a wheelie. Yeah. It was... You don't have your Harley anymore, do you? Or do you? Yeah, I've still got it. It's just collecting dust right oh, now. Oh, okay. Just collecting dust. Is it running right now or no? No, I broke a bunch of shit the last time I rode it, and then after that I was like, <laughs> ah, fuck this thing. <laughs> what? What? How'd you break a bunch of shit? What'd you do? Eat it? No, it was just normal wear and tear stuff that happens on those things, like broken motor mounts and frame parts and all kinds of stupid shit. Like, I, I don't know. That bike's, it. it's had a rough life. <laughs> Yeah. I've I've done yeah, a lot of stuff sure. with that thing. Like I've jumped it a million times and a bunch of things that you shouldn't do with it. So it's it's about yeah. time to either retire it or <laughs> pull it all apart and rebuild everything. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess I for, I can't, I almost forgot about you jumping it. <laughs> yeah. I spent like a whole day jumping fucking... it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably not probably not the best for a Harley, but fuck it. No, there was a lot of broken and bent stuff at the end of that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i did a podcast what was it two yeah i put it out two weeks ago i have my schedule behind me i put it out two weeks ago and uh that was with this guy named cole and he's got a harley jump world record so that was pretty interesting yeah that's he's got uh i've seen his stuff he's got some uh some pretty rad shit going on yeah he does on like some sketchy ass ramps and like nothing done to the bike no speedo on him either when he's jumping just like fuck it we're going yeah. for it oh, hopefully i make it yeah he's rocking Ooh. like the old cool fucking evil knievel style setups yeah his yeah and he's got um i want to say he like met the knievel family and i think he's got something going on with them but i don't know that's pretty cool. pretty interesting yeah so i mean that guy's fucking doing it though so that's good cool. on him hell yeah <clears throat> Um, so like what turned you to YouTube? Like what made you want to start making videos and shit? Uh, was it just cause like you liked watching them and you wanted to provide something else that you didn't find on there or what? No, it was more like, I've always had a kind of an interest in making videos. I remember, well, obviously mm-hmm. back when I was uh, writing for a living, like I, I always had to make sponsor tapes and shit cause social media didn't exist. So we had to literally like do those yeah. old school skateboard sponsor me videos. Um, so yeah, I used to make those and they were all terrible and whatever, but I always wanted to get better at it. And uh, of course, while I was in my career, like I rode for a lot of the big name videos out there, like the Krusty Demons of Dirt, Slednecks, all that kind of shit. I was in all those things for yeah. a few years and kind of picked up some of the stuff along the way. Like I really had more interest in what was going on behind the camera than me riding in front of it. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I kind of picked up a little bit from there. And then when the YouTube thing started, I made that first stunt video and I was like, I had so much fun making that thing. I filmed it over a whole summer. The editing was like, it was terrible compared to what I could do now. But at the time I was like super proud of myself and. I don't know. I just wanted to keep making stuff. And after that, it was just kind of snowballed. Now I'm just addicted to it. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It, was, um, it wasn't so much. The, it wasn't so much the content. Like there was a little bit of an aspect where there was stuff missing that I wanted to kind of 
fill that void. Like there wasn't any less, any stunt riders doing it at the time. So that was something that I could mm-hmm. kind of offer that someone else, nobody else was. Uh, now there's a whole bunch of them that are doing it. So it's different, but, uh, yeah. but back then, yeah, it was, Who are- it was cool to be able to be kind of doing something that was off the beaten path from everybody else in the mode of vlogging thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, who were some of, like, your influences or, like, channels you were watching whenever you first started that kind of, like... The biggest... I mean, I'm sure somebody, like, give you a little bit of an influence. Um, as far as motive vlogging went, Shade Tree was, like, a really big one. And still mm-hmm. is. Like, just I just like everything he has to say. It just makes so much sense. He's, like, the, one of the wisest motherfuckers ever. Um, but as far as when it comes to actual video production, because, like, my first probably ten videos were shit. They were so bad. And then I discovered Casey Neistat's channel, and that was, like, that, that was a game changer for me. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I need to add production value. i got to get better cameras. i got to have a million camera angles and fucking learn how to edit good and all that stuff. And now, you know, it's that's kind of the same style of video I'm doing. Yeah, who do you watch nowadays? Um, to besides be honest, those people you just mentioned, because I'm sure you still watch Shade Tree, and I'm sure you still watch Casey Neistat oh, videos. Oh yeah, um, the biggest one probably, um, I would say is you uh, Olson, his channel because like, it's it's ridiculous how they make videos. Like he's he's a rich guy, right? So he's got a filmer and editor that follows him around all day. They film their vlogs on a yeah. fucking red epic, like and like, dude, the editing quality and stuff. Overkill. In there, oh, it's seriously like a cinematic. <laughs> event every time he makes a video and, and like they were doing these things yeah. daily for a couple of years i had no idea how that was even possible that's like such, uh, that'd be such an expensive production to do oh dude i can't but imagine it, like the product i don't know i mean like pays for itself i guess I, it I, he showed off his camera point. gear in one video and i was like there's seriously like two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of camera gear on that table right now and Fuck, like, <laughs> dude, wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice just to be rich yeah no <laughs> shit right and like he's got an interesting life because he is a rich guy so they're jetting all over the world and all these fancy places doing all this cool shit and he's got yeah. all these supercars and all this awesome stuff so i mean like it's just something really cool but uh, that's not really the part i'm interested in it's more like the way they make videos and how well they're put together yeah. and what they look like is like it's awe-inspiring to me i just that's that's what I want yeah. my shit to look like. I got you. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. And like back in the day on YouTube, it seemed like like you had I don't know. I always thought your videos were really badass. And like you had good editing and shit. I mean, it seemed like they were kind of a step above other people. Um, I never got like I never understood like why you didn't blow up back then. Yeah. And like I still don't understand like why you don't have fucking way more followers and i feel like everybody fucking says that too like i can't like like, even in the user submitted questions people are like why the fuck is this guy not big like i still see that all the time about you and i'm just like i don't fucking get it i don't know what i'm everybody loves your channel it's like i gotta (laughs) the people that find it fucking love it and they don't leave but uh trying to get out to the masses it's like i either have to dumb it down or i have to like fake what i'm doing like become one of those fake youtube personalities you know what i mean like Whenever someone starts, yeah. they're like a normal person, and the camera comes on, and they're like, "Hey guys, how's it going? We're, I'm just the happiest motherfucker alive all the time." Like, <laughs> What's up, YouTube? <laughs> yeah, we're like, back. <laughs> like I just, I, I won't do it. I can't do it. I, I want to fucking kill myself if I saw myself doing that on video. You need it's that viral horrible. video, dude. You need to get some cops or something That's in the something, <laughs> in your basement. Man. There. Like I, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's just I don't know. Now it seems to be kind of picking up a lot more speed than it was. Now that I'm kind of in a new genre, I guess you could say it's kind of a wider topic. Yeah, but. that's what I was gonna say. Like your Stoker broke, and like like the vi- those videos back in the day, like those were so fucking sick. And like the Frozen Fury one was badass. That one and was like, crazy. That like that video at that point in time was like groundbreaking. No one's ever done anything like that. And I've I I spent like twenty five hundred bucks to make that fucking video, and to this day, I think I've made forty bucks back. 
(laughs) (laughs) Shit's not paying off very well. It's bullshit. Because, like, those, like, even when I think about, like, some of my favorite videos that I've seen over the years just from, like, all the moto people, it's like, those are still, like, top five. And it's like, why has nobody seen this shit? And now, now you're literally making fucking screen printing videos and, like, shit's starting to get some traction. It's, it's like, like now who that I thought. Yeah, it's, it's the way it goes, right? Like, back then, I was trying to make it happen, like, really bad. And now that I don't give a shit and I'm not trying, now it seems to be happening. Like, that's the way shit always goes. Yeah, like, I would never fucking watch screen printing video. Like, never. I would <laughs> yeah. never watch that. But somehow, like, it, you make it so entertaining and, like, it looks good. And I think just, like, everything in your, your like, it's your basement. I'm a, Yeah, it's your basement, right? Yeah. Like, I'm a, yeah, everything, like, all the walls, like, everything just look, looks aesthetically, like, very nice. Well, thanks. Like, That's with the walls being <laughs> painted and everything like that, and, like, all the equipment matches and shit, like, that helps. Like, all the different crazy, uh, or all the different camera angles and the, like, quick edits through and everything. I don't know. It just looks nice. Dude, and- somebody actually did the math on one of the videos, because I've always kind of wondered that, too. Like, how many camera angles do I use? Because, so, like, it takes me a long time to film these videos, like, all fucking day. That's what I think the whole, every time I watch it, I'm just like... It, Dude, it fucking takes him like ten times as long. He's moving his damn camera around every yeah, ten seconds. Like to, what the fuck? Yeah, like to print one shirt, I've got like four or five different camera angles going on throughout the thing. Someone totaled it up, and I used like two hundred nineteen different camera angles during one sequence, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> Jesus Christ! How many uh, how many cameras do you use? Just one? Uh, just one or two usually. Ugh, dude. <laughs> you just need to get some. Uh, you you should probably invest in like. 10 15 20 cameras okay just That'd just be bear nice. with me and then just mount them permanently everywhere <laughs> and then you know then you won't have to keep moving it that was that was why i got the second one so that i could like maybe make it a little bit easier but i find myself just using one if i use two it's mo- mainly to like set up two different time lapses at the same time otherwise yeah one seems to be a quicker workflow but i do at some point now that this thing's growing and we're going to be kind of moving it out of my house soon and into like a real production space. Uh, I probably one of my first hires is going to be somebody to follow me around with a camera all day. I'm going to give them my fucking backpack full of equipment and just like turn all this on and don't turn it off until the end of the day. Yeah. Understandable. I need one of those for this fucking podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I like if I need to timestamp something, like I have to stop and like write it down and then go back and edit that out. Like I, it's hard to like look things up and talk. So like, I just don't look things up. It's like, <laughs> I need somebody to look shit up. Yeah. I need a Jamie. You did. <laughs> I need a fucking Jamie <laughs> big time. <clears throat> um, when, okay. So when did you make 38 ride company? Like what, what year was that? Uh, that was last year or, that was just last year. It was twenty no twenty seventeen. Sorry, <clears throat> twenty what twenty seventeen? Yeah, you said? summer of twenty seventeen. Summer twenty seventeen. Okay, and uh, what led you to making that? Was that just to like help with all the Harley stunting you were doing, or like all the pay for the parts and shit that you were breaking on your bike? Uh, or what? no, actually, to or this you... to this day, I've never gotten paid by my own company yet. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, you just dump it back into it. The so. biggest thing for me was at the time um, that I was kind of picking up a little bit of traction in the Harley scene and starting to get sponsors and shit again. And like throughout my whole freestyle career, uh, you know, I had some big corporate sponsors and shit like that. And like, it's a weird thing because like one minute they're like your best friend, the next minute you fucking break your arm or something, then they're you're just like yesterday's dog shit. They don't even them. know like, you. They don't yeah, care. They don't even know you anymore. Um, so when I got into the Harley Wheelie thing, it was a little bit different because it was smaller companies and stuff. They seemed like more just like invested in you kind of thing. And then then I started to figure out there was there was a lot of shadiness going on in that industry as well. And uh, I had a few sponsors that you know to this day still owe me a bunch of money. You know, kind of fuck me around, do some stupid shit, and. Uh, <laughs> 
at that point, I was like, man, I'm fucking sick of this stuff. Like, I can't, obviously, I'm not the only one that's dealing with this because I've been in the industry so long. I know multiple people that have dealt with things like that. And I was like, I, it's time I, like, maybe I just, I start my own company and I can sponsor riders and, like, really sponsor them, especially now in the social media age. Like, now a sponsorship t- is a joke because most people are like, okay, cool. We'll send you some free t-shirts, you know, post them on Instagram. You're sponsored by us now. Like that's not a sponsorship. Yeah, like it, it makes it a pain in the ass. Like me trying, like, cause I'm trying to work deals for like podcast stuff. I'm trying to work deals on like everything. I've random companies that hit me up about posting stuff on Instagram. And it's like all these kids that have these large Instagram pages, you know, you can be like 12 now and have a million followers on Instagram and a little kid is going to be excited to get a free T-shirt yeah. for posting something up, and it's like, dude, you don't—you're worth way more than that. That's just it. Like, and like it's, I've, it's the stupidity of the social media age that's done it. Like, people will just take anything, yeah. and they don't care. They don't realize their own worth, and now companies have, yeah, they—they they know that now. So now, like, it, it, sponsorships are different, and it's. Uh, to it, me, like uh, it's you know, the free T-shirts aren't going to put new parts in your bike every weekend to fucking make it to shows and film video parts and do that kind of shit, right? So like, I was like, yeah. I need to make a company that really sponsors riders, really supports the sports that we're behind, and I don't know, let's see if it works. Hopefully, and that's basically what I've done to this point. I've still never my riders that ride for my company, they've made way more money off my brand than I have so far. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky them. <laughs> yeah. How many how many riders do you have? Uh, I've got two right now. Just two? Who are they? Uh, Poirier. They're both local guys. Like so That was the biggest thing for me. I wanted to do local people first because we've got such killer talent here that nobody knows about. Yeah. And to me, it's not about the Instagram following. Like Daniel, the one, the newest guy, he's got like a thousand followers or less on Instagram. Like no one has a fucking clue who he is, but he's sick as shit. So I was like, you know what, dude? I'll help you out whatever you need to do so you can get to that level because I have a feeling within probably by next year, he might get that X Games invite. Like he's he's getting there. Yeah, what's Daniel's? Uh, what's his Instagram? What's his? What's his full name? Uh, Daniel Schaefer. Uh, what the hell is his full? Daniel Schaefer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's sick, and now I'm actually. Uh, I I haven't. I guess I'll announce is, it fully. He's on sleds too. Yeah, yeah, he's on sleds and moto. Okay. Um, him and Poirier. Oh, and moto. Okay. Yeah, and Mike Poirier. Like Poirier was the first guy, obviously, because him. I've I've known him for years now, and like since he started riding i kind of like took him under my wing he was that kid that just yeah showed up out of nowhere i was like hey guys i'm mike let's hit all the big jumps <laughs> and i was like i like you let's be friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's do it dude yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um whenever okay when was the last time you had like a a nine to five like just or a normal job or something besides i don't even remember I, the last real Fucking job, not, I, not anytime recently. <laughs> no, probably like at least six, seven years ago. I was a cable guy for a little while. <laughs> oh no, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, was that uh, was that before? Was that before the neck tat or after? Oh, I had it. <laughs> I had it during. Oh, geez. I got it during. Actually, I remember God. my boss was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I was like, "Well, it is whatever I want it to be." <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I don't think I don't think I've ever seen like an actual photo of it. Um, it's like I've just seen like. You know, it's there. It's like a kind of zombie hand kind of thing. Um, it's about kind of like this group of friends of ours uh, that all revolved around this uh, the skate shop. My friend started. We've all been hanging out there for literally like 20 years. And uh, yeah, this own little thing because we're all kind of like this little family. And it says it's the blood that we share on and has like the fucking hand with 204 across the knuckles, which is the area code of the skate shop and shit. And mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. <clears throat> No one really yeah. understands. Everyone sees like blood on there because it says like blood really big on my neck, and everyone thinks I'm a fucking gangbanger, gangbanger or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, I could see that. A little I bit. Guess. <laughs> Where, how many? How like how much of your body's tattooed? 
Not as much as people think. Um, probably no. like maybe a third of it. I've been meaning to like by now when I started getting tattooed, I I like I was like at least by thirty I'll have a full body suit. But then real life happens. You got to pay for actual stuff. So <laughs> yeah, tattoos get expensive really quick. Yeah. I uh, cause like I have like my whole front torso done, and like I've got some shit on my legs and my foot, and like here and there, and uh, my buddy Tommy, you know Tommy Pickles, his name's uh, Pickles on Instagram. No, he's like I don't know, he he rides with like all of us, so he's like tagged and everything, and he's always everywhere. Um, but he he like started his back recently. And, like, every time I see it, I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I look goofy. I don't have anything on my arms. Like, I literally just have the front of my torso, and it looks goofy by itself. I'm like, fuck, now I got to get my back. And then I'm like, well, if I do that, then I, like, got to get my arms done. Oh, but uh, I need some small shit on my legs still. It's like, fuck, dude. It never ends. That's what's weird with me, too, because, like, all the tattoos I have are pretty much heavily on my left side. Like, I'd say 99%. I got one tattoo on my right side. Um, so if I stand one way, it looks like I'm heavily tattooed. If I stand the other way, it looks like I have none. <laughs> it's super weird. Nice. Yeah, yours are, you're opposite of me. Like, you have your all your shit shows, like your neck, your fucking hands. Like, that was all my much shit's hidden. Like, right when I was getting paid to be a freestyle guy and shit, and I was like, I never yeah. want to work a real job ever again. I'm going to fucking make sure of that. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, those are fucking career ruiners. Yeah, <laughs> for so it's sure. like, cool, let's start tattooing my hands, my neck. <laughs> let's, let's go for yeah, it. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I'm like, I'm scared shitless to do my arms. I don't know why, because, like, I work for, my dad's got a construction company. Like, I work for that, and, like, I don't, I'm never going to have a fucking office job or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I'm just too chicken shit, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I but just, I went for I'll, it. It's, it's pretty funny considering I have a 10th yeah. grade education. <laughs> you didn't even graduate high school? No, as soon as the freestyle thing started, I was out of there. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Did you get your GED or anything? Nah. Nah, fuck it. Don't even need that either. No. I mean, I mean it's working. I mean, it's like working out. You have a house and you have fucking multiple businesses so i mean yeah it's kind of weird it. how that shit works out because they i did everything opposite of what they tell you is going to happen in school if you quit <laughs> pretty much but there's been how many successful dropouts a lot of them oh, tons of them there's i think there's yeah. tons i'm there's kind of an anti-school person myself but i'm not going to sit here and tell everybody they don't need school yeah. that's probably a, <laughs> that's yeah, a like, bad thing to tell people i went to school like the only time i went to school and stuck with well, is a short program it's a year long but i got like my motorcycle mechanics fucking sort of thing and that was the only time i enjoyed being in school and even that i didn't even finish the whole course because i was so far ahead of everybody they let me graduate fucking like four or five months early damn damn man i had friends in high school that he dropped out for like a year and a half because he kept claiming that he was gonna go uh, to homeschool and like never homeschooled he just never did it (laughs) so then he was just out of school and then he came back to like actual school and then graduated before everybody. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're telling me I could have taken a year and a half off and still graduated before everybody? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and we had like an works. alternative school here for like the troublemakers. And you could go there and graduate early. It's like, fuck, dude. Do I have to go like fight a bunch of people to be <laughs> yeah. able to get out of here? Because yeah, like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, just go punch, I want to graduate. Just, but just go punch the teacher you like, don't I, like and you're golden. <laughs> yeah i guess like damn but i went to i went to a large school like we had um so the ninth grade they had their own high school and then 10th 11th and 12th was at the, like the big school here and each grade had like 1200 plus people in it so That's our graduating crazy. class 
Like our graduating class, our graduation ceremony was like four hours of them just like calling name after name and like herding everybody that through like cattle. <laughs> and like, of course, like everyone's fucking hung over because everybody partied the night before because you're graduating high school. Like, yeah, you're supposed to do that. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> fucked up there still. It's like, ah, uh, I don't know. I just high school wasn't for me. I always liked working more. I, I was like making money, I guess. I don't I don't know. School just. I thought it was all pointless. Yeah, like, like a bunch of shit. You, you, like, how much of that stuff that you learned have you used? Like, literally not none much of it. of it. And like, when I was fifteen, basic like, math skills. I, I came back off the road, off of like, I don't know, like a three month stint of doing shows and shit. And then I sat down at my desk. I'm like, why the fuck am I here? I'm literally the highest paid person in this building right now. Like, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of hard to be. Uh, yeah. that's that's hard to go back to that bullshit. <laughs> and do, do your fucking times tables or whatever. Yeah, just like I, I don't want to be here. This is stupid. Like I just, I just got up and I left and never went back. Damn, that that did like whenever the last time you went, your last day at school. Did you know that was going to be your last day? No, I was just like over it after that. <laughs> I was yeah. in, I pretty much just stood up and was like, I'm fucking out of here. And then the teacher that uh, it was kind of funny. Like we got into a little bit of a fight. Me and one of the teachers on my way out, and that's why I was never allowed back technically after that too. So <laughs> kind of cemented it uh, that I was not yeah, going just back. Go ahead and hammer that nail into the coffin. He was one of those guys that was literally giving me that speech, like, but he would stop me in the hall for no reason, like, oh, you're fucking going nowhere in life, blah blah blah, doing all the shit you're doing right now. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you make like thirty thousand dollars a year. I make six figures right now, and I don't even have a driver's license. Like, <laughs> so weird flex, but uh, okay. On the way, on the way out, he fucking. Uh, he was giving me one of those speeches, and on the way out, I yeah, I kind of choke slammed him up to see some lockers, and was like, "I'm fucking out of here." <laughs> that was uh, nice. That was it. Show him who's boss, dude. Yeah. Show him who's boss. A little super. What'd your parents think? Guy. What'd uh, your parents think of like you? You dropping out of school? Were they disappointed? Or they like no, they fully saw your vision. They knew exactly what. Oh, I was they were. Doing. Yeah, like the one yeah. person that I thought was like gonna be like super hardcore about it was my mom because she's you know old school in that sense, and she was like, "No, yeah. I, I don't care. Like you're doing what you want to be doing. You've been dreaming about this since you're a little kid. So like." you gotta do what you gotta do and i was like oh fuck right on <laughs> yeah that probably helped out a lot too that you had supportive parents in it all because um yeah like, that would probably be a big factor if they were going against you it, it, well because like, you knew may not too, like you that, may not have the same drive they they honestly knew i didn't need to be there to be honest because like it's not like i dropped out like i'm one of those like dumb shit dropouts like i'm an intelligent person yeah. and like when I was younger, I was actually supposed to be bumped ahead multiple grades, but I was such a little asshole. They didn't want to let that happen because and as far as education-wise, on paper, I was killing it. But, like, I was just the most misbehaved little shit ever. So, it was... Yeah, that's kind of how I was. Like, I wouldn't study. I wouldn't do homework. I, I, like, anything outside of the classroom, like, I wasn't fucking doing it. And, like, test time, like, I would do fine on tests. Like, no problem. But I just, like, I was not having any of that shit outside of class. If we had to go home and read a book... I wasn't fucking reading it, and I was still going trying to do the test (laughs) over the fucking book that I didn't read and, like, just scraping by. Yeah, like, I figured out the math one day that the one, literally the one year of high school that I did do, I was like, you know, the the exam is, like, 40% of your grade or whatever the fuck it is. So I was like, all right, cool. So throughout the whole year, I only have to do, like, two assignments, then I can literally skip every class and then go in and kill it on the exam, and I can pass. And that's what what I did on every single course. I was like, yeah. I, went, I think I went to like maybe one a week and then I just fucked off and smoked weed in the front the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. And then exam and then time like, came and I killed it. So I was like, eh, right on. Yeah. Do you have a dirt bike? Do you want to ride it on the street like a damn hooligan? Well, you better get some supermotor wheels for it. 
That's where the motor store comes into play. The motor store specializes in, but is not limited to, supermoto wheels, MX wheels, handbrake kits, stainless steel brake lines, easy pull clutches, and much, much more. If there's a motorcycle part you need, chances are the Moto Store has it. Don't see what you want? Just shoot an email over and I bet you they can get you hooked up. Go to www.themoto.store or reach out on Instagram at themotostore, all one word. Contact info will be in the bio of this podcast. Yeah, I had no idea what I wanted to do after high school. And, um, I mean, fuck, it, you, easy enough. I'm just working for my dad and then doing all this other shit with YouTube. Or I was doing the stuff with YouTube, now I have this podcast, but... Like, I went to college after high school, and I fucking hated every minute of it. Like, I, I went to a university for a semester, and, like, the parties fucking sucked ass. <laughs> and, like, just everybody was so lame. And I did not, like, I was having none of it. I was I was literally driving back to, like, uh, my dad's house, like, every fucking weekend. Just because, like, I didn't even want to be in the college town that it was in. I was like, this place blows. <laughs> and then uh, I ended up getting my associates for fucking no reason i guess just to like waste time while i try to figure life out but didn't figure much out and st- i don't know i mean i like by the time i had like a couple semesters done i was just like well i should at least get my associates so it's not like a total waste of fucking time that i've been coming here like i need at least the piece of paper saying i came for a little bit <laughs> and i'll never fucking use that thing but whatever i guess most most kids that age I'll, I'll say i was a kid then i mean i'm still a fucking kid now but when i was like 20 years old it's like i didn't know what the fuck i was gonna do and no. i still don't really know what i'm gonna do but there's, we're swinging it there's at least it's all working out there's probably 90 percent of the people that have a piece of paper from a university and they still have no idea no, no idea what the fuck they're gonna do yeah that. yeah and i have friends that like graduated and shit now they work in office jobs <clears> and it's like dude i i would blow my fucking brains out if i went oh, sat yeah, in a cubicle no, every God day damn, like i ain't doing that I am not fucking doing that. But yeah, like the only real I nine to five I ever had. Well, I worked in a couple of bike shops for fun when I was a pro rider. Still, mainly just to have something to do in the off season because I was so fucking bored. Uh, but the real, yeah. the real nine to five I had the cable guy thing. Like that was at least kind of fun. It was super shady and sketchy at the same time. But like, it, I was, <laughs> I was walking. I was out. Of, All uh, right, we're going, we're going to steal your neighbor's internet real quick, and uh, we'll just run this line over to your house. Yeah. Oh, dude, there's some. <laughs> oh, and this is going to be a cast job. That that could definitely like that's a book worthy topic right there because there's some fucking crazy shit going on in that industry. Like fucking, probably at least ten of the cable guys I know are straight up gigolos no shit oh, dude. okay the amount of weird huh. shit like that because you're you're encountering lonely housewives literally all day like five six times a day so i mean yeah yeah the i was amount gonna of say shit like I... the stereotype is normally like the mailman you know like oh the mailman got her pregnant oh the mailman's his dad dude, like uh, yeah like the amount of propositions i've, I've gotten about for that. weird shit like I, I could go on this topic for a long time man it's weird <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever uh, come across anything interesting coming into a, a lonely housewife? Oh, multiple times. Multiple times. There's some Oh, s- shit. <laughs> I got some pretty cool you wanna, stories. You want to dive into that or no? <laughs> I mean, there's some uh, there's some stuff. And, like, the housewives are one thing. The best is when you do an install at, like, the dorms at a university because then, like, it's young hot Ooh. chicks and they're, like, usually fucking... Okay, because they're, like... Yeah, probably around... Pretty close to your age, too. Yeah, so if you get, like, an evening install, you can guarantee they're already drinking... <laughs> and like you show up there and like okay. you're not some weird okay. big fat greasy cable guy like they expect all of a sudden they're like yep. oh it's cable guy and then you know it's 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 pretty funny <laughs> 
Damn, dude, not too bad. Yeah. Maybe I should have fucking been a cable guy. <laughs> yeah, was, there was some there was some fun stuff that happened on there, but then there's also a lot of sketchy, weird shit and stuff because the young guys like me that are all tattooed up and kind of shit like they send us into the fucking sketchy ass gang neighborhoods and shit like that. So like then you got to deal with that at the same time. So like it's it adds up some yeah. What you doing, white boy? Oh, what yeah. you doing? The amount of times I've had like <laughs> guns and shit pulled on me just for walking down the street, and then they're like, "Oh, fucking cable guy, bro, what's up?" <laughs> fucking assholes Mm -hmm. just trying to do my job just trying to do my job (laughs) so (laughs) back uh back to a little bit where we were um (laughs) got a little off topic there (laughs) uh when did (laughs) just a little bit when did your goals like when did you want to start your own screen print shop like what led into that um it was well from the brand i guess right um the brand i'd been obviously screen printing is like the bread and butter of any clothing brand and uh yeah I've had so many problems with other shops making my shit with either their quality was terrible, their customer service was terrible, or they are, they couldn't meet a deadline to save their lives. Like, and I'm like, I'm probably the most easygoing person when it comes to two of the things. Anyways, quality. No, I'm the worst. But, um, as far as like, if you make a deadline, like if you're a few days late, it's not a big deal. I don't care. But we're talking like weeks and weeks late. Like now you're really fucking with my money here. Um, yeah. So yeah, that shit, like literally every shop I dealt with, one of those things happened and I was just like, I can't deal with this anymore. Like it's stressing me out too bad. I'm like, I'm losing my fucking hair here, freaking out. I'm going to kill somebody if they like, you know, cause they got $10,000 with my money and they're not answering me for weeks and just like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's a little, uh, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. So like, I just, I couldn't do it. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to sit here. I'm all the money that I'm supposed to pay myself. Uh, it's going to just go into this fund and I'm going to open my own screen print shop. So like for the last yeah. year and a half, I, you know, I haven't cut my shelf a check for anything. And like, so <laughs> all I've, I, Woo, I haven't, done, it. that's why I haven't, it. that's why I haven't ridden my bikes or fixed them or done anything because every, all, every yeah. dime I've got has gone into this business now. So it's, yeah. but, but it's paying off. And I mean, it's still a learning curve. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, just judging by like the YouTube stuff, it's like, it seems like pretty quickly you're picking up some jobs and shit yeah. already. And it's like, it's, I mean, I don't, obviously I don't know like how between when like you had all the equipment set up and how soon it was on YouTube, but it's like, I'm sure it wasn't that big of a gap in time. No, I mean, it's like you're, seems like it's picking up within so. probably within like, I, I made sure to tell people like, no, I'm not open yet. So I can learn what I'm doing and make sure mm-hmm. it's good. Um, it, yeah. but, like I'm one of those people that I can just pick shit up and I, I can figure it out really, really fast. And, uh, so yeah, once I figured it out, I was like, cool, I'll start taking on jobs. And like within like the first day I said that I had like three and, uh, yeah, it's damn, that's <laughs> not bad at all then. because people, they see how like crazy I am about having a perfect quality product. Like I'm a fucking crazy person when it comes to that. I want to make yeah. sure that I'm producing the best possible product compared to any shop that's competing with me right now. And I will take whatever yeah. time it takes out of my day. Like I'm not a, this isn't a nine to five shop, you know, like you know, I don't show up at eight o'clock and leave at four, like every single other one. It's like, I will sit there from 8am till fucking three o'clock in the morning to make sure this is perfect. Yeah. You can kind of control your product. I, I don't know. Like you can control the quality of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm a crazy person <clears throat> with quality. If one string is out of place, you know, that thing's going in the garbage. I don't care. And, uh, that's, yeah. that's what people appreciate. Yeah. Especially as your fucking name on it. You don't want to put a piece of shit out there for somebody. Exactly. Cause and then with, with screen printing shops, it seems you know, like they people don't talk. A, it seems like they don't give a fuck about that stuff. The amount of terrible stuff I've gotten, like, 
especially with some of the orders. Like I've dropped well, like ten, fifteen thousand dollar orders on some shops, and you'd think like, "Okay, this is a this is a serious customer. We're gonna make sure we do a good job for this guy, right?" Yeah. No. <laughs> like, yeah, and well, it's like think about it. How many of these screen printing shops are just doing shit for like you know the local you know kids basketball team or some bullshit for like a bachelorette party or something? You know, yeah. it's like they're just doing things that don't matter. They're not doing a like a a clothing brand's clothes yeah exactly so, like i'm still doing don't give a fuck i'm still doing those jobs and shit but i want my big thing to be like clothing brands and stuff because like i know how much of a yeah. struggle and how much of a stress it is for those people because i do it so i want to make sure that they're taken care of yeah makes sense um how did you figure out how to like what like all the equipment to buy and because you have a lot of shit and you yeah. have a lot of shit you bought yeah like <laughs> and like, did you, like, read a bunch of stuff or just look at YouTube videos online? Or did you yeah. go to, like, local screen print shops and, like, you saw kind of what they were doing? And like, I what, spent How the fuck did you figure out how to do all that? Any bit of spare time I had in probably the last year to 18 months, that's all I've been doing in any bit of spare time. Anytime I'm, like, can sit down on the couch for five minutes and relax, my phone was in my hand researching something. Anytime I'm taking a shit, I'm fucking watching YouTube video. Like, it was nonstop every day learning about screen printing from the products used to the equipment to the processes to basically every step of the way i spent literally a year doing the whole thing like when i started my very first little screen print here i assumed like yeah i know everything there is to know let's do this i'm good to go and then i realized in just theory. how wrong i was there <laughs> <laughs> yeah in theory you knew everything you could but yeah once you know you don't know shit until you get hands-on yeah once you get hands-on it's a different story it's it's a lot more difficult yeah. than i thought it was going to be but now it's taken probably like a month and now I've, I'm feeling like really comfortable to the point where I'm not, you know, stressing about anything. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> and you don't have any business partners or anything, right? It's no, just you, correct? It's just me. Okay. That's yeah. That's what I thought. But, um, like how are you planning on getting some more employees, like an adding on employees or anything anytime soon? Or you think it's going to be like soon. out a little bit? Um, probably very the, soon, like literally probably within the next couple weeks. Oh shit, dude! Um, right, um, as of right now, I need to hire an assistant like ASAP because my phone and my emails and shit are just rapid fire all fucking day long, nonstop. And I yeah, so you just need somebody to do it like so, office kind of procedures yeah. So and I shit. need an assistant that can sit there and just take care of that shit all day. That'll be wonderful. I just got to make sure it's either a dude or someone ugly enough that I don't want to bang. <laughs> Cause I know I'm going to get in trouble okay, there for so, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So no, uh, no big titty, uh, models. Yeah. That yeah you know. None of the chicks that <laughs> Sorry, normally ladies. hang out with. Cause like, they're like, oh, I'll do it. And I'm like, no, no. Cause this hey, is a, this is a legitimate business. <laughs> I will get sued. Like no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't, uh, that would contribute to your business very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the next step I guess is to move this thing into a commercial space. Um, I'm looking at a few places right now because I want I want to buy a place. I'm not going to lease or rent anything. That's fucking horseshit and crazy idea to me. Uh, so I yeah, wanna, that's I'm a gonna, big waste of money. But yeah, so got to swing what you can. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a building next so I can move everything out of my house and into there, and then that's where I'll really like get a bunch of employees going on in here. Right now, I technically I guess have an employee, but he's more of a subcontractor because he's not here. Uh, I have a designer. I've, yeah. I have a subcontract deal with. And uh, we go back and forth on design work and shit all the time, so that's been a big help. But does he do? Does he like work from his home, or does he come yeah. in there and work? Yeah, he works from his place. Sometimes he'll just come wherever. here and hang out and whatever. But he oh, okay. works wherever he wants to. It's not really a big deal for him to be here. Yeah, but he does want to kind of yeah. come here full time. So that's we're gonna figure that out next. Right now, it's gonna be kind of tough because my office is a tiny little space and 
two people crammed yeah. in there, it's, it'll, it'll get bad. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that many hours, I mean, you're like you said, you're there from fucking sun up to well after sundown. It's like you guys would probably want to kill each other at yeah, the end of that. So, <laughs> so once I'm set Can't up into up. A, something like a little more legit, then yeah, it's going to be structured like a normal business. I'll have the nine to five, whatever the hell it is for everyone else that works there. I'll still work retarded hours, but um, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. If you were to like, I guess, hire more people on to help with the screen printing process, like the actual physical part of doing all that, not just the office stuff or the filming or any of that, uh, would you want somebody that already has screen printing knowledge and like knows how to do it all? Or do you want like somebody you want to groom up into making a product that's as perfect as you want it to be? Yeah, either way, I, I don't care about that as much as I do with their work ethic. If someone has yeah. tons of experience or zero experience, if they've got the work ethic that I feel is somewhere along the same lines as my own, then I'll take them. Yeah, just as long as they're not skipping over the tiny little yeah, details. Yeah, if they're skipping that you're details and doing about. that kind of shit, then I know their work's going to suck regardless of how much they experience that they have. Yeah, makes sense. I'm with you. <clears throat> then you can buy more. Uh, I don't know what they call the presses. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what the big fucking machine's called. And what is it called? A well, just a screen like your printing big press, but yeah, the screen uh, printing the, press. Okay. The next one, like, well, when I move it out of here and into it, because I don't have the space to actually get one into my space now, but I will upgrade into an automated system. So. Oh, they have like <clears throat> ones that just. Yeah, they're fully fully automated deals. So basically, you set everything up. screens, You set up the programming and shit, and then you just you're just loading and unloading shirts. So that's all you're doing, and it's doing the rest. Jesus, I would hate to see this, the fucking price tag on one of those. Uh, they start, well, for like an entry-level unit, they're like 35000 but for something like serious that will run production level in a in a shop of that magnitude, you're looking at probably like eighty grand at least for just that, and then all the other uh, crap that goes along with fuck. it. You're, you're looking at like $100,000 to set up for it. Yeah, that's a, that's a commitment. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Better, up, better start a few more brands for people before then, I guess. Yeah, I've, I've got a few <laughs> things in my pocket for... Uh, for that that I can't talk about just yet but there's uh there's some partner deals in the works already with the screen printing side of things thanks to oh you, no shit yeah, thanks to the YouTube thing uh, a few things have fallen in my lap this week that uh, I would not have expected oh really yeah I was gonna ask you if like most of the customers that you've gotten already have been through YouTube or if they've just been like people that know you or just like are you taking a fucking ad space out in the local paper or something? <laughs> I mean, obviously not the local paper, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, even with um, with my brand and with and with the print shop, I've never advertised anything before. It's all been just through my YouTube videos, my Instagram, and that kind of shit, and word of mouth spreading around. So, yeah. So, but I do That's plan. That's not too on, bad then. I do have a little marketing plan I got to put into play here once I uh, get everything all set up. Right now, my website isn't even up yet. I. I I have the domain and I have everything ready to go. I just like, I don't have time to fucking build a website. It's crazy. Cause I'm printing literally for 14 hours a day. Yeah. I noticed, <laughs> I noticed you didn't have a website. Cause I think that, I think the website is on the, uh, rogue lab webs or on the Instagram page. And I like, clicked it and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it says like, I was like, does he know he doesn't, I was like, does he know that like it doesn't go to anything? <laughs> yeah. It says like coming soon. And that's all it's got. It's been like that for like yeah. three months. But yeah, I, I gotta I gotta take a few days off in the next week or two here and fucking set that up. So yeah, I haven't really like put a marketing scheme into play yet to get the local market because that's kind of uh, it's an important one to have. Obviously, with the brand, I don't really give a shit about it. But uh, with the screen print shop, it's definitely important. So I gotta figure out a way to get that. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a whole plan to do it. I just gotta get my website up. Yeah, I was gonna say like I've I've heard that with like thirty like with thirty eight Rideco for example, um, the local people won't support you quite like 
if you were to say you were to get your brand into like a, a store it wouldn't do well if it was just a local store but like if it was some fucking store off in like minnesota yeah like it might do better there than somewhere local just it's, because someone sees it there they're like oh shit that's not even from here it must be somebody big but if yeah it's right? at the local fucking store they'd be like oh this is just some company from down the street like well that's who what cares a lot of people assume that like when you start a, a clothing brand or a really a business of any kind i guess like they assume like okay cool my first customers are gonna be my friends they're gonna come support me and whatever no it's no. not your friends want no. the free shit i can it's been <laughs> almost two years and i can list probably on one one hand maybe two like we're talking under 10 of my friends here that have bought something from me otherwise yeah <laughs> <laughs> everyone else yeah a, a ton of the other ones have asked for shit for free all the fucking time but as far oh, as of course yeah because that's everyone's expects like oh it's your company like can get some free shit like no that's not the way it works you want to support my company fucking buy it yeah buy it and make a donation bitch because <laughs> yeah like that's their thing is like oh cool i'll support you just give me some shirts i'll post about it. like that's not supporting me guy you support yeah me, buying it <laughs> yep um <clears throat> Are you planning on like getting the Harley and everything built back up anytime soon, or is that like kind right, of on the back burner? Right now, my main concern is businesses, just because. Well, obviously, you know, I got to make a living. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know what it is. There's something about it. It's like I've got that can that competitive spirit back that I had from my freestyle days and competing and shit with that. Um, I haven't been able to yeah. really find that ever since then. And now with like business, for some reason it kind of relates a little bit. Like now I've got like other companies and shit that I'm trying to get ahead of. And there's all these challenges of things that I've never done before and whatever. So now it's just like, I'm like obsessed with this thing. That's it's weird. I would have never, ever thought that I'd be obsessed with something like this ever in my entire life. But now it's like that competitive spirit's back. So it's just like, I'm 100% focused on making this shit fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, I do plan. Cause like I've been working literally nonstop, like 14 hours a day, every day for the last two years. And so at this point, like in the summer, I'm, I, I'm going to take a few days off and ride a bike again. Cause I, I didn't even ride at all last year. Cause I was so fucking busy. I rode my 110 a couple times and that was it. Yeah. I'm sure the, uh, YouTube people will love some more fucking videos oh, <laughs> of the yeah. bike stuff. That'd be <laughs> Although I don't know, man, everyone loves the fucking screen printing stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Surprisingly, surprisingly like, that's, people really that... like that shit. Even the, even the bike people have, have nothing to do with it. They, they think it's cool for some reason. So that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm really happy about that. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure like I said, really I mean, it's entertaining some... to watch for sure. I'm sure people would appreciate some wheelies again. One of these points in time here. So I, I do plan. On, <laughs> I, I got to take some just personal time for me before I go insane. Like I kind of sucked that I, that I didn't ride last year. Last year was the first time I've not ridden a motorcycle in my entire life. And it was fucking difficult. Yeah. Especially doing that since you were four. Yeah. Like pretty fucking hard. <laughs> <clears throat> I'd go crazy. My bike's actually currently pulled all apart right now. I have a bunch of parts at powder coat and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I saw and... that. It looks, looks dope though. Yeah. Did you see the, like the paint color? I posted it up. Like, uh, I shared the story or whatever on my yeah. Instagram story of the colors getting painted. Shit's going to pop in the sunlight. Like it looks crazy. Yeah. Like I saw samples of it with, uh, like the gloss or the clear coat over it that makes it like real glossy and shit. And it's like without sunlight hitting it, it's like black and it just looks like white sparkle. But then like the second the sun hits it, it like changes colors and like the sparkles yeah. are all different colors and shit. I don't know. It looks really fucking cool. And I can't wait to get it all back together. And I've had like a bunch of plastics and new stuff coming in. I just got word the other day. Actually, what's today? Sunday. So yesterday, yesterday I just got confirmation on like uh, <clears throat> the local uh, motorcycle dealership here where we do like the big spring break ride at and everything like that. Yeah. Um, 
one of my uh, a guy that works there. He's the parts manager, and uh, he knows like he's friends with uh, some of my dad's friends and shit. Like he's an older guy, but he's been in motorcycle stuff forever. And uh, so I, I like know we know all the same people and shit. And uh, he actually told me two days ago that he would for sure give me some graphics and shit because like I've been trying to find a graphics company, but like. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I don't know if it's just me being like an asshole or what, but like, I refuse to pay for graphics. <laughs> and it's like, dude, like I, how many, f- I post photos every fucking day, like on Instagram, like I'm going to tell, like everybody was using this company called Bentley Graphics here and they closed down because that guy got bought out by some bigger company. So like everyone's been like, well, who the fuck should we make graphics for now? So it's like whoever commits to giving a free set of graphics to somebody in the moto community, like everyone else is going to turn around and order from that company just because everyone yeah. literally like everybody is just like, who the fuck do we use? Who the fuck do we use? Who are you guys using? Do y'all have y'all seen these? These look pretty cool, but what about these over here? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Someone just needs to like commit. And then like, I'm sure like 20, 30 people fucking order from them right after. But they told me the other day that they would just pay for some for me. So I'll I was me, working on that this morning. Give me like, give me like <laughs> I was working six, on that this morning, give me like six to eight months and I'll be able to make that happen for you. <laughs> oh you're gonna start doing that too yeah that's rogue lab like the whole point of it is to kind of branch into into everything when it comes to branding so that's gonna include like vehicle yeah. wraps and fucking moto kits and shit like that like i'm gonna have uh, obviously screen printing but like embroidery and the, the graphic side of things and all kinds of other shit going on here within the next like six months or so all that equipment will be rolling in here Ooh, that'd be pretty badass um because like i've seen i've seen bike like dirt bikes with graphics on them that it's like it's literally just vinyl it's not like an actual dirt bike graphic that has yeah. like because those are th- those are thick those are heavy like duty, an actual yeah. dirt bike graphic is yeah they're they're built to fucking take a beating and it's like, dude, you can't have something real thin on there. Like, it's going to come apart as soon as you wash it or fall down one time. Like, yeah. that's not going to hold up. And um, the company that I'm getting them from, though, like, I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, they're local. And I have I was, like, scrolling through their Instagram and stuff. And, um, I mean, they make pretty badass stuff. So, uh, I have, like, some ideas in my head. And I have, like, a certain color scheme of all my new shit that's going on the bike. So, I'm pretty positive they'll come up with something, like, really fucking badass and I'm trying to keep kind of the look of everything and all me, my thoughts and the colors and everything kind of on the DL until, uh, I guess, the spring break ride here in a few weeks. Because, I mean, there'll be a shit ton of people at that. So uh, I'll get to, I guess, unveil everything there. I haven't but gotten to do I'm that in a little while. Fuck, I, I need to do it again. It's been quite a while. I've never, like, done a proper – I've never gotten to do, like, a proper unveiling or anything Dude. exciting like that. I've always just kind of, like, done shit, and then, like, as parts trickle in, just throw them on and take a picture. It's like, <laughs> nope, it's going to look totally different now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck. I, I used to do, like, this whole little build process and unveiling type of deal at this bike show <laughs> every year uh, for a few – I was yeah. – I think I was, like, the first person to do, like, a fully custom dirt bike build on the internet. I'm pretty sure I was. Yeah. As far as I found, I, like, yeah. the two bikes that I did in like 2000 or three bikes, sorry, 20, 2012, 13 and 14, those bikes all went viral. Every single one of them. The one, yeah. the one, especially I guarantee you've seen the one fucking if, from years ago, there was a, a white and purple fucking YZ 450 that I did. That was fucking everywhere for a few years. Yeah. I'm sure if I saw the photos of them, I'd be like, Oh, who hadn't <laughs> seen that bitch? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. A couple of them went like extremely viral but i haven't done it since then because i was like ah yeah now everyone's doing it's played out i don't want to do it again but i really want to do it yeah i was gonna say like whenever motonocity like did his first build i don't remember which bike it was now 
but it's like everybody hopped on it after that just because like how much traction he got with that and it was fucking crazy like he got so many views off doing the bike build <laughs> but i mean I, I think he did his pretty proper like yeah. he turned it into like a long series and well he like, did this he, he did puts, the series right he did really nice parts and shit he put Mecha- yeah he puts Mecha- yeah he did do really nice parts he got like, like mechanically i mean his fucking supermoto mechanically me as a mechanic i was fucking cringing the entire time (laughs) yeah because like just yeah uh, knowing what's going on there and how bad it was put together i was just like oh my god like somebody please come save this man (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean uh it was fucking crazy like his his honda his supermoto that he built he like pulled it all apart got everything like powder coated and shit like the frame and everything and i think the final price tag on it was like 17 grand i was like Dude, I can't ride. I, dude, yeah. I can't ride a $17,000 supermoto. You crazy? Yeah, dude. That's a showpiece. It's expe- one of the ones That's- like the last 450 that I did, it was still a moto bike, but I put uh, I put 21 into that thing Canadian. So it's around like 17, 18 American. God damn. It was fucking nuts Not- though. That, that, was, that yeah. was like the most amazing dirt bike I've ever ridden in my entire life. Like uh, nothing yeah. could ever compare. Did you do to a bunch of like motos? Like motor work and everything like that too. Everything, like every nut and bolt everything. on there was titanium. Like you name it, it was done to that thing. I, I built basically my dream bike, like because I always wanted when I was a little kid. My dream was to you know become a factory racer, do supercross and all that shit. So like I basically built yeah. a bike that I never got to have. <laughs> Fuck it, why not? Yeah, mine as well. As close to as you can get, anyways. <clears throat> yeah. What other do you have any bikes that you like plan on getting in the future that you don't currently have or haven't had before? Yeah, I definitely this year want to get I mean, a I new think bike. everyone's got like their dream list of bikes, but yeah. like what's something you think you'll end up getting? Definitely this year I'm like pretty sure I'm going to sell the Dyna uh, just cuz I'm fucking over that thing right now and uh, yeah. I'll get another one at some point, but I, I think right now yeah. I kind of want to get a fucking dual sport. I don't know why. Maybe it's my old age kicking in, but for some reason I want a dual sport so that I can fucking you know, ride down the fucking road and then see a fucking banger jump off the side of it and go fucking hit that thing and just go right back onto the road again. Like that new CRF 450L or whatever. I, that thing is really, uh, that's on my list. It's gotta, it's gotta happen. The, uh, the six speed one, the, uh, whatever that new street legal fucking full blown CRF 450 is. I think it's a CRF 450L. Pretty sure is what it's called. Yeah. It's the 450L. Yeah. My biggest thing is like, it's fucking heavy. Have you seen like the specs for it? But I think, honestly, I think if you take the exhaust off, it's it's probably gonna lose twenty fucking pounds. Because if it comes street legal, like that that exhaust is probably super corked up, super oh, yeah. like just you you put an aftermarket one on there and you probably it, it'll probably. I feel guarantee fine. you, yeah. But, that between that and all the other street legal bullshit that the thing comes with, all the fucking electrical and lights and all that, you thin that yeah. thing down to a headlight tail light and some aftermarket moto parts and stuff like that. That thing will probably yeah. shed twenty thirty pounds in an instant. Yeah, probably feel like a dirt bike by that point yeah and um but honda's also got their i think it's like the 450 uh rx yeah like the, or, or the whatever x, the, the x Maybe yeah the four- but those things aren't street legal though or well they're not off the How- showroom floor street legal sorry you can make them street yeah legal, but is it hard to get things street legal there yeah they're definitely a lot harder to do up here like supermotos are rare finds unless they're like off the showroom floor stuff oh uh, like yeah and shit okay like yeah that. so that makes sense um, cause I think the new X's everyone have said are like really badass. Yeah. Like, and I think they, they have the RX now too, which is like, I have the 450 FX. I guess it's like the same thing. It's like the race bike, but the long transmission one. Oh yeah. yeah. Or the wide ratio. I mean, yeah. 
So it seems like everybody down there has a WR450 going on, and fuck, I've never seen one up here. Literally never seen one. <laughs> yep, yep. Because here in Texas, dude, it, it's the fucking Wild West here. You can literally street legal anything here. Like, two strokes, no problem. That's fucking awesome. And it's like, like in California, you can't get a fucking new Yamaha street legal there. You Like, the 250s, you can, but everything has to be old, or you have to, like, find a workaround for it. Like, there has to be so many miles on it already. Um, I don't remember what all the rules are, but California is fucking weird anyways, so. Yeah, like, I, I think me, we're just lucky here. I, I envision, like, that CRF, and I've never, I've never been a Honda guy. I fucking hate Hondas except for their mini bikes. I've never just been a fan. I've tried them a million times. Yeah, their fifties are like they've top just, tier. They've just never suited my riding style. Something about them just didn't feel right. Uh, but for some reason, this bike, this is the only one that exists in this class right now, so I have no choice. But yeah. I just, I just see myself like you know riding it down the street, riding down the highway to somewhere, go ride it to the whiskey throttle compound, and fucking go flip the fucking seventy five gap, and then ride it home. Like how fucking awesome is that? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, <laughs> but that'd be fucking cool. And I I think that just because it does come, I mean the only other one would be a fucking DRZ. That's the only other three, like the only other bike that comes street legal. Yeah, I guess, I guess some KTM's too. Like, you I can, think, but yeah, you can street legal a lot of the KTM's, like all the pretty much all the uh, the EXC series. I think you can street legal those things. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What's the price? I don't know. What's the price tag on the Honda? Do you know off the top of your head? In Canada, I think it's around like twelve or thirteen in Canada. Yeah, what's the KTM? Isn't the KTM pretty KTM's similar? KTM's basically the same thing, I think. The only shit yeah. part for me is we don't have a KTM dealer here, so that's the only thing that sucks. Otherwise, I would have. Oh, really? Otherwise, my garage would be a sea of orange right now because I used to uh, ride for the KTM factory team up here for years, and it was always my favorite fucking bike I've ever been on. But ever since KTM dealers closed up shop here, I had no interest in it. Huh. So how like how close is the closest KTM dealership? Uh, like two, In the U.S.? Like two and a <laughs> half hours away from here. Something Ooh, that's, that's rough. Yeah, so. Yeah. Fuck that. And I'm assuming if you, like, cross down into the States to buy one, getting it back there would just cost an arm and a leg, I'm sure. Yeah, getting it across the border is not an easy task. And then uh, there is a Husky dealer within, like, I think it's an hour drive, but still it's an hour away. Like, that's annoying. They all have have all the (laughs) same parts and shit, but still, fuck, it's an hour away. Yeah. I would like to get a Husky just because I think they look good. And, um, I mean, I've heard good things. Just like, fuck, dude, there's one... Uh, there might be two dealerships here, but like I've heard, everything's just a pain in the ass to get for them, like part wise. They are, yeah. Cause and like, I know Acropovics aren't fucking cheap. <laughs> oh, just the general wanna, maintenance on those things are just cost double as much as a Japanese bike. Like all the parts are way more. Yeah. Fun. Yep. I don't know. I've always had good luck out of Yamahas too. Yamaha. Like, I mean, my WR my was chugging street. along forever. I've spent probably the most years of my life on a Yamaha for sure. Yeah. A Yamaha? Yeah. Did you just say Yamaha? Yamaha. <laughs> <laughs> Yamaha. A fucking Yamaha, buddy. <laughs> fucking A. But yeah, I've ridden uh, shit. Like, I've ridden them for years. I don't even know how many. Just uh, It's a, probably like half my riding career has been on a blue bike. Yeah. Shit, my whole riding career has been. Even my sport bike I had out R6 for a little bit. And then uh, the other thing I don't like about Hondas, um, like I rode a 450X. And the transmission was, like, super short. Even if you put, like, you know, change the sprockets out and everything, it's just, like, the gears were really fucking short on it versus my Yamahas. I feel like I can ride them bitches out forever in a gear. Yeah, mine, like, I've ridden, I think I've ridden pretty much every bike they've ever had throughout the years. Um, like, even when I was racing 80s and shit like that, I I tried the CR80 back then, didn't like it. My YZ80 was way better. 
Um, <clears throat> back then, <clears throat> 125s and 250s were still like the main bikes being raced. 450s and 250s weren't really coming into play yet, and those things were fucking terrible. Like their 125 was the slowest fucking bike known to mankind. I remember that. But I've ridden some of the newer ones, and I, I don't know. For some reason, ever since they went to that aluminum frame, it's like they've had the aluminum frame the longest out of any fucking manufacturer, and it's like they still haven't figured out how to make that thing good yet. I don't understand because like every time I hop on that thing, I feel like it's the most rigid bike ever. And it's like, all I feel is feedback coming from the frame all the time. And even on the, yeah. new one, like the last one I rode was like a 2015 or 16. And it still felt the exact same as the fucking one I tried in 2001. Damn. That's interesting. I don't like the way that like whenever you're sitting on the bike, I don't like the way it feels like the ergonomics of the bike, like the, the foot peg placement feels wrong. The handlebars feel wrong. The way that you see, like if I look down at the front fender, the curvature of it, like it looks wrong and it just throws me off. Yeah, Everything about it feels so fucking foreign. That's the one thing I just, I just can't figure out that bike. I've ridden literally every other manufacturer for long periods of time. And that thing, I just, I cannot fucking ride one of those, but now yeah. with this new Sierra 450L and the fact that I haven't set foot on a dirt bike in probably like three or four years, eh, I don't think it's going to be It may not be so bad. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just probably feel like home. <laughs> yeah. Because before, like I was riding literally every day of the week, nonstop for years. And now I've, I've taken three, four years off. I don't think I'm going to notice. <laughs> nah, probably not. Think, You'd probably be fine. I, I think no matter what I jump on at this point is going to feel weird and foreign to me. So, yeah, might as well make it that. <laughs> so, you literally work fucking eight, eight like you said, eight a.m. to like three, three a.m. and shit like that, pretty regularly. Like, how the fuck do you manage your time? I have like, the, how do you manage between work and play? Like, there's oh, there's no, no time for play. There's no, <laughs> there like, is no play. Dude, like, I have the weirdest sleep schedule on the face of the fucking earth. Like, I rotate my sleep schedule like probably weekly almost like sometimes I will be I'll wake up at four in the morning and work all the way through till midnight and fucking do it again the next day and then other times all of a sudden I will just work nonstop, stay awake for 24 hours and then I'm sleeping all day and fucking staying awake all night like a vampire and uh I don't know I just I just get shit done when it needs to get done regardless of what's going around on around me or like schedules or any of that kind of shit if it needs to get done it's yeah and uh, yeah, like, and you already said like you don't have a significant other, so it's like you don't have to dedicate time to that. So it's that like, makes uh, it easier. You can for kind sure. of shut everything else off and literally lock yourself in and that, fucking work. That definitely makes it a lot easier. That uh, yeah, because yeah, I can just like fourteen, fifteen hours a day, fucking hang out and do what I need to do, and no one's barking at my yeah, that and, I gotta fucking take out the trash. <laughs> yeah, and it also helps to. It's easier to put in those long hours whenever you're the one that's benefiting from it instead of you're working 14, 15 hours a day for somebody else. Exactly, yeah. Like that, like, that shit sucks. That I wouldn't fly. Like I saw a post. Someone said something like that today. Like, I don't understand how people work all the time and blah, blah. I don't have a personal life and all this fucking shit. And it's like, well, obviously you've never worked for yourself because you don't understand the gratification you get out of it when you actually do that for yourself yeah. and not for somebody else. Because right now, like, I don't feel sad that I fucking am doing it like this. Like, I feel happy seeing how much progress i've made how quickly it's made it and knowing exactly where it's gonna go if i keep up this rate like, yeah there's a lot more gratification and it's like hits you totally different when you're doing it for yourself yeah and like versus I've, just doing it for like a bigger paycheck because you put in more hours that week yeah so like i i know it's not gonna last like this forever obviously like i gotta do it now and then in you know three to five years i can be fucking off doing whatever i want because i put in the work and people now are doing that work for me yeah. <laughs> so, 
But it, I mean, that's, yeah. to, to get a business to that point, that's what you have to do. There's there's no way around. Unless you're the luckiest person in the world, like unless you're the person who started Supreme and just hit the fucking brand lottery, uh, like that's what you have to do. <laughs> yeah, who who would have fucking thought that uh, you know <laughs> that shit will resell for way mo- way more? Yeah, dude, like fucking, so who would have ever thought that? Yeah, some Helvetica so italic font, literally a stock font on every fucking computer known to man. Uh, now is a brand that yeah. you pay three hundred dollars for a fucking T-shirt. Like it's unreal. Yeah. But I mean, why not, dude? But yeah, like uh, they they literally did. You hit, see the uh, they hit the company. Did lottery. you see the Fox? And, <laughs> yeah, they did. Did you see the Fox and Supreme uh, line that they did? Yeah, like with the dirt bike gear. Yeah, I heard it was really shitty and like coming apart. Oh yeah. And um, we I think Wheelie. I want to say it was Wheelie Wayne. Um, it could have been one of the other dudes, but I'm pretty sure it was Wheelie Wayne. And he was like talking shit about Supreme on it, and it's like. <laughs> Supreme doesn't make fucking dirt bike gear, dude. Like you're, you need to start bitching to Fox. Like Fox is the yeah. one that had all, like handled the manufacturing of that. Clearly, like <laughs> Sup- all Supreme did was put their fucking have them put their name on it. Yeah, and triple like, the price. Yeah, I have a friend that bought some. Uh, he had somebody and he like bought the Supreme grip, so he's got the Supreme grips on his bike. Are those grips like two hundred uh, bucks or something stupid. Like I saw somebody. No, for I, th- bucks. I think so. Like I, th- I think. I don't know how he got them, but I know he didn't pay that much for them, but he still paid, like, way too much for some damn dirt bike grips. Yeah, dude. And it's like he still had to cut the end off so he could put his Bark Buster on there. <laughs> like, it's oh, like, that's unbelievable. That's stupid. You but, literally could have kept it in the package and probably sold it to somebody else for a lot more. <laughs> yeah. It's just I mean, ridiculous. They, they, they got lucky with that whole thing. Every, they just, all the right stuff happened. The stars aligned. The right celebrity wore it one yeah. day, and it just blew up. But, I mean, every other company yeah. in the world has to put in the fucking hours that I'm doing to make things happen. Like, if you want to have you know more than just a normal business like if you want to start a small business and it remains a small business then work at the pace you want to work at but to me i don't want to remain a small business i want to build a fucking like seven eight figure fucking business for myself here so that i have a future for myself my family everything else going on like i want to fucking build something that lasts and the people absolutely the people that build shit like that they put in the work like i'm doing right now there's just no other way around it and i know people that have done that and they're like if i worked half as hard as i did back then as you are now then i'd be even further ahead and literally a guy that's worth like 400 million dollars told me this like a week ago and i was like all right well that's fucking good to know it's not too bad (laughs) yeah it's not too bad uh about those 400 million dollars you have uh you want to make a small investment yeah you want to buy some shirts or something (laughs) (laughs) i'll print you something up yeah (laughs) wouldn't be too bad and um (laughs) So you said you want to have like do you, you do you do want to have a family one day? Yeah, at some like point, kids like, and all that. The I whole almost, nine. I almost did. Like that was like kind of my exit from riding professionally. I was going to get married and all this shit to this chick, and thankfully that didn't happen because she sucked. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. probably a good thing that didn't happen if that's what you're saying. Now. Yeah, but at some point, yeah, man, that, that'd be fucking awesome because like it'd be cool to kind of pass along a lot of the shit that I've learned, either business or riding wise, to fucking some little kid and you know kind of see that whole yeah. thing go down. I think it'd be really cool. And just to have all the fun toys to play with. I mean, like, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. I don't know. I'm, like, the exact opposite. I don't want kids. And I don't know if it's, like, supposed to hit me, like, later on in life that I'll maybe want them or I'll regret that I never had kids or something. But it's just, like, I don't know. I just 
I don't have an interest in it. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, like right it now, I don't strange. really care either way. If it happens, it's something that if it if it does, yeah. so great. But otherwise, like it's not something I'm seeking out for. Like people do, you know, like people have that time clock. Like I gotta get married, but I gotta have kids. Yeah. I gotta do this and all this shit. Like fuck all that. Like right now, I gotta have a fucking successful business. I gotta have a Lamborghini, and then I'll fucking worry about the rest. <laughs> <laughs> there's no room for kids right now. Yeah, I've like, got there's, there's no room the for mind. a baby seat in a Lambo. might be frowned upon if it's in the front seat yeah uh it's weird because like i literally said that to myself when i started fucking doing this shit because i grew up i was i think every kid well most kids grew up with a picture of a lambo on their fucking wall right like you used to get those posters oh of course from school and shit and like oh yeah at the book fair dude dude i had one that i got it was what i remember i got obsessed with them when dumb and dumber came out when they rolled up in that fucking lamborghini diablo I was, like, all of a sudden yeah. just obsessed with them and fucking had all the posters and shit. And, like, even to this day, I just, I can't fucking let it go. I don't know what it is. It's, like, it's not a status symbol. <laughs> but now that I'm, like, older and mechanically inclined and all that shit, the engineering, all the design and stuff, I'm just, like, obsessed with it. Like, I don't give a fuck what the price yeah. tag is. I just, like, I like cool shit like that. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. So, I, I fucking man. said, when I, I'm going to make this fucking company do that for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you're putting the fucking time, like, the work and the everything you're literally putting everything into it and keep that up and it's like it's gonna work it'll work yeah it's just that's just yeah. it people get burned out of time now they burn out or they give up too early and like it's it takes yeah. time like it doesn't just happen you can't put in that amount of work for a year and expect for it to to do what you want it to do it takes years and years of work to fucking make it get to a level of like where you have real success you know yeah absolutely <clears throat> and we talked the other day like you don't you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't nope. drink coffee, you don't drink caffeine or anything like none of that. What what the fuck, trust, man? Trust me, I, <laughs> I I sure as fuck used to, that's for sure. Like Yeah. <laughs> from uh, What from a young age like, like I, you st- I smoked weed nonstop from a young age like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And uh, obviously drank a lot too being on the road all the time partying and doing you know i let a kind of semi rockstar lifestyle for a long time that's pretty much all we did we'd ride drink, yeah when you're smoke. young making some fat that, money like yeah, it'd probably like, be hard to we not like, pretty much yeah it was like ride shows get drunk smoke some weed fuck a lot and repeat <laughs> that, was, that was basically <laughs> our lifestyle for a long time but i mean as i got older i'd stop caring about it as much really i don't know really wasn't into it. I still smoked weed for quite a while afterwards and then uh one day it just hit me that like I was being lazy a lot and just yeah I couldn't I couldn't do it I just decided you know fuck it like I'm over this yeah you probably wouldn't be uh where you're at right now if you were still not a chance that much if it if it made you that lazy I don't know I guess there's some people that are productive as fuck but everybody says they are but I mean like I know they wouldn't keep up with me there's no fucking way because I like I know myself and like even with my mindset and my drive and stuff and like I used to say I was productive as hell smoking weed and shit but yeah I was productive for maybe four or five hours tops and then like I gotta take a nap I gotta (laughs) eat a taco I gotta yeah but now you're productive compared to like another stoner yeah exactly like (laughs) I can put in like all day's work right now. I'm not burning out. I'm not feeling tired. I'm not forgetting shit and things like that. Like I just, I think the no caffeine was the biggest surprise to me though. Yeah. Like I kind of figured if you're putting, if you're working this much, like you don't have time to do the other bullshit, but like the pick me up with the caffeine or something like a coffee or Red Bull or whatever the fuck, you know, (laughs) your drink would be like, I feel like that just goes hand in hand because yeah. <laughs> you're not just, ra- you know, railing lines of blow or something. Yeah, right. out some t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that was some of the same deal I quit a few years ago, too. It was when I was a cable guy, actually, because I was working some serious fucking hours with that job so that I could 
kind of rebuild my life a little bit, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was working like fucking lots. Cause if you, as a cable guy, you can like, you can make six figures. No problem. If you're working fucking 12, yeah, 14 for sure. hours a day, it's crazy. So that's what I was doing. And, uh, that's where I like was going too crazy on the coffee. Like I was drinking fucking coffee nonstop all goddamn day. <laughs> and it caught up with me and I was like, yeah, no, no more of this either. So I, for the last, yeah. like drinking was the last one I gave up, uh, but f- I think I've been like free and clear of all that shit for f- probably like five years now, something like that. Weed's been like eight Damn. years. Damn. I think, yeah, weed's been, Ooh. weed's been eight years, coffee like six, and then drinking's been like the last three or four. And then I just, I, I used to smoke cigarettes for a long time. That was the hardest thing for me to get rid of. And now I've like, it's been like four and a half months since I quit. So Four and a half months in cigarettes. Yeah, that was Oof, that was the hardest damn. one to get. Yeah, rid cigarettes of. are rough. Yeah, that was that was. I'm, the I'm glad one I kick. never picked that up, dude. Yeah. Everybody I know that like has had to kick it. They're just like, oh, it's so fucking bad. Yeah, I picked. Whether it, up it be on the like some people night. gain a bunch of weight after quitting or oh fucking, I'm pick a prime some example other of that. habit up. <laughs> I'm a prime <laughs> oh, example really? of that, dude. Like, it, it just happened like I picked it up on the road one night fucking drinking fucking started smoking that night then woke up in the morning was like oh this, it tastes like cigarettes I kind of want another one and then like it just snowballed uh, and I smoked forever since then yeah um, and yeah Fuck. I smoked for like whatever it was like 12 years some shit like that and uh Oof. But, yeah, I just quit, like, four months ago. And, yeah, talk about the fucking weight gain situation. I think I've gained, like, 35 fucking pounds even with as much as I move all day long. Like, it's crazy because I just, God, re- I just replaced it with eating. Like <laughs> That's, like, the first thing. Yeah, you I was going to say, you probably pick it up with, like, just putting shit in your mouth yeah. now that yeah, is not you, good you always, wanna, you. you always want to fucking snack and shit even though you're not hungry. So it's, it's something, like, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to fucking taper back off of. <laughs> off the snacks. <laughs> yeah, gotta get off the fucking snacks. And the fact that I gotta work put so the candy much, bowl away. I, I eat like a piece of shit right now because I just don't have time to cook proper meals most of the time. So there's like yeah, of, I do too. A lot of pizza and burgers flying through here and shit. So that's part of the part of the cause. <laughs> yeah, I'm sp- I'm supposed to go to the gym after I uh, finish up this podcast. So uh, <laughs> hopefully I make it. <laughs> I've been a lazy fuck for I don't know how long now, and it's it's like slowly catching up to me. And I'm just like, oh man, I should stop this, but. uh you know, I'll start. I'll start the whole stopping of it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Today I'm gonna eat. <laughs> I know, right? Like it's been I, like that for a while now. I I had like a little. Well, that's the one thing I'm kind of missing now. I had like a little gym set up in my house, and that's where my screen print shop is now. So I mean, yeah. Because like, I had like the whole basement was set up as like with equipment and cool shit and stuff like that yeah. in one area, so I could work out all the time. And I was in decent shape for a good while, and then now it's all gone. It just like. Pfft, fucking caught up with me so i have i have been like taking like an hour or two a day to reset it up in another room in my house so in the next like week or two here i should be good to go and fucking get back on that yeah. program because that's important especially working as much as i am like you should kind of do that <laughs> yeah you're you don't want your body to just like start shutting down on you yeah. especially working that much like yeah. you gotta you gotta eat do like take care of yourself in every other aspect exactly you're gonna so, wear yourself out in that gotta, gotta start kind of um, do that at least how much an hour are, a day. how much is like a, a pack of cigarettes there oh fuck it's crazy money they're like fucking 20 bucks what yeah 20 like seven, what? 17 to 20 i was smoking a pack a day so like dude the, it's a lot of goddamn money like like u.s dollars uh, like canadian, our dollars canadian, or dollars. canadian so like what's that in u.s so what, like, probably like six, i don't i don't know the conversion uh, i think like 16 bucks something like that fuck dude jesus christ you probably save a shit ton of money now oh it's fucking nuts let's let me open my little app here and see exactly how much i've saved since i quit smoking because like that was that's the first thing you input is how much you smoke and how much your cigarettes cost and i smoke like a pack a day uh at this point since i have quit smoking 
uh, it's been three months, 19 days, 20 hours. I have saved $2,121. Holy <laughs> Dude. Dude. Yeah. Should have quit way, way long ago. Uh, I know, right? Damn. That's insane. Um, so what other projects do you have in the works that you can talk about? I mean, you mentioned there's stuff you can't talk about. And yeah, I like to blame you. I can kind of hint what about other it. Stuff I, you're working I, on. Uh, it's really cool. Like I can't say who or what or where, why, when, but I because uh, it's just kind of starting to happen. But yeah, I, I yeah. am I am partnering with a company now um, to do some video shit with uh, because of my screen printing shit. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. The fact that I've been screen printing a month and I'm already partnering with like one of, one of the heavy hitters in the business to be like their influencer guy, unreal. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Is That's... this a uh, uh, without giving away like more than you're allowed to? Is this like a big company that people will know, or is it just like somebody from their local? The biggest. Oh geez, dude, I got I got wheels turning in my head now. <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest <laughs> one. Um, yeah, and like I don't have to change anything about what I'm doing. That was my stipulation. I was like, I'm not, I'm not censoring myself. I'm not fucking gonna be like that person that's trying to sell you fucking tooth whitener on Instagram and shit like that. Like I'm gonna do yeah. what I'm gonna do, the exact same way that I with do my it. shaker bottle. Yeah, huh? right. Like I, I, I don't want to be that guy because I fucking hate that shit. And like it seems like all social media these days is a giant advertisement. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. I want to be myself is. and like endorse things in a way that is natural and real and whatever. And and uh, they're super cool with that. So like that's kind of in the works right now it's fucking awesome i'm pretty excited oh, about man. it that'll uh so what kind of stuff exactly would you be doing you said like you're the, the camera kind of cut out a second ago whenever you said it like what what would you be doing like you'd be printing shit for them or you'd be um more doing... so showing what their products do um that kind of thing okay okay and, okay and like okay. showing me because like i'm still learning all these processes on video right so like, yeah i'm showing them how it works but at the same time i'm learning how to fucking do it myself and i think that's where the value yeah. in my shit is I, th- I i'm pretty sure that's uh-huh. from the comments that's kind of what i'm guessing <laughs> i don't know what the value yeah. of my shit is to be honest but um i guess yeah the people like seeing me learn instead of like pretending like i'm a pro already right now and know exactly what's going on because that's what everybody does they edit out their mistakes and all that whereas i leave all that shit in and i want to show it and uh so yeah that's yeah that's kind of what we're going to be doing together i'm just going to promote shit i think you'd have probably one video out so far if you cut out all your mistakes (laughs) you know all the learning process of it and just be like look i did it perfectly yeah that'd be like one video yeah like the 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 interesting thing is like uh you know, I mean, it's just like a fucking movie. There has to be a problem come up and then a solution. Exactly. And it's like, that's what, that's what people want to see. Exactly. And that's worked forever. And that's, it's like, you show your problems that come up and then you show you like working it out that's and fixing it. And pretty like, much it. And all fucking YouTube videos now fucking are entertaining. Only, they're only the wins. Like, it's just, everyone's perfect yeah. all the time and blah, blah, blah. I fucking hate that. So I was like, when I started, when I yeah. started making YouTube videos. Yeah. And maybe that's why, maybe that's why the screen print. Yeah. Maybe that's why your videos right now are like popping off just because like people do like so, seeing the whole the whole story they can see like beginning middle and end of yeah i think so because like with Instead the writing stuff they were like only well, making me... this shirt yeah with the writing shit people were only seeing me doing wheelies and like it was always successful all the time because like i've been doing it for yeah. fucking 20 years i'm good at it. i don't fall down that much <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah like with this i'm falling down on my face all the fucking time so i mean it's cool but then i'm winning in the end and i think yeah. that's i think that's where the value is in it so um as far as the the partner deal yeah i'm just gonna kind of do exactly what i'm doing and just use their shit while i'm doing it and that's all i have to do yeah oh, that'll be nice so that's fucking cool i'm uh 
Yeah, that'll be uh, really interesting. I'm sure a lot of people fucking want to see that. Yeah. Um, Today's podcast is also brought to you by Flat Out Fabrication. That's right, we got an official first sponsor, y'all. Flat Out Fabrication is making custom 12 bars for Yamaha WR250s and 450s, as well as DRZs and Honda Groms. On top of getting a custom 12 bar, they also offer in-house powder coating. If your bike isn't one of those mentioned, Flat Out Fabrication offers custom fabrication work as well. They really are a one-stop shop for your 12 bar and fabrication needs. This is the bar I am now running on my personal bike, and now y'all can too. Check out Flat Out Fabrication on Instagram, or their email for contact will be in the bio of this podcast. Another okay, so like I mentioned that I do user submitted questions, and I literally like I've I always ask people, and then I forget to fucking do them. (laughs) Like I don't know why I just like start cruising through the podcast, and then like I just forget about them. So um, now I will finally get into them. I do have them right in front of me, or at least some of them. I feel like these are gonna be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, um, there was a couple. Dude, honestly, okay, when I put those up, like, people put dumb shit in there all oh, the time. And, like, I have to go through so many just, like, things that aren't even questions or just be like, hey, can you follow me back? Like, shit like that. It's like, <laughs> seriously? Yeah. I'm giving you, like, a spot to, like, have your name out there. Like, people are going to hear you at, like, wanting to know this question. It could be something interesting. Like, and you're going to say, like, will you follow me back? Like, seriously? <laughs> That's what you're going to fucking yeah, do? You couldn't just DM me if it was that serious? Yeah, that's like, a surefire way to Jesus. never have that happen. <laughs> yeah. So it is very hard to get, like, some good questions out of this. But, um, oh, well, my dog's in here now. She comes in pretty much every podcast. She's probably going to sp- speak here in a second. She is part husky, and she does make lots of noises. Oh, yeah. Hi, yeah. <laughs> stay, go, stay, go. What you going to do? Where are we? 137 yeah. See, there she goes. <laughs> Let me write this timestamp down. 37. Okay. Oh, and she's gone. She's gone now. All right. So I'll just go through the list of them. These are in no particular order. Um, the first user submitted question is uh, from Lunchbox87. He, uh, he wants to know the future plans for the 636 and the Z125. And are they going to make an appearance on YouTube soon? Which you did say that the motorcycle videos were going to come back when you have time yeah most definitely they will um the 636 i really want to build up again and finish just because it's been like a three-year fucking thing man i'm sick of looking at that yeah. thing in my garage because right now it's the ugliest piece of crap motorcycle ever like i got this thing it was all, <laughs> it's all spray painted like three or four different colors yeah. and shit. It's, it's a fucking eyesore in my garage and i hate i hate looking at it. i hate when people come to my garage and they see it and like the last time it was on youtube it looked like that it's just it drives me nuts that that's just the last state that yeah. everyone knows it in so i gotta finish that um, this, Everything this, else you have like looks so nice, and then there's that. Yeah, then there's that. <laughs> just sitting in the corner, stinking the place up. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the Z125. I haven't touched the Z125 since the last time I rode it. The last time I rode it was in a video where I flipped that fucking stoppy and broke my wrist, and uh, it's been sitting there ever since. I, but I do want to. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna do much to that bike, to be honest, because. It's just a little fuck around play bike. Like it's nothing that I really yeah. care much about. I do want to put a handbrake on it at some point, but the handbrake kit for that thing is fucking half the price of the whole bike. It's ridiculous. Literally, yeah, like, those are expensive. If, if, like I have the fifty, uh, I have the fifty stunt handbrake kit on my bike now, and like I don't like that guy. I, I he sells like overpriced shit pretty much, and he lied to me to get me to buy more stuff from him. Like in the very beginning, and he just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth and. I don't know. He just seems like an asshole to anybody that has ever talked to him. Yeah, I, I know and, exactly. But who that the guy o- is. only other option, 
the only other option I have for my specific bike to get a dual, like the bracket for the dual brakes on the back is, um, another brand called Kevtech. But the only problem with that is like you run the Brembo's on there and like, I don't need a fucking Brembo for my foot brake. It's like too much. Yeah. Like it'll just be locking up all the time. And it's like, ah, do I want to, do I want to just like commit and just have really touchy brakes until I like figure out just how sensitive they are? Or do I want to run this shit for a while? I don't know, but that's what it's like like for the, for the Z you got to run dual Brembo's on there. And it's like, that's a whole bunch of extra money. Like just give me something I could slap an extra caliper on there and fucking go. Um, and the biggest thing is getting, it's like such a small bike. It doesn't need that much stopping power. Yeah. And like, and you gotta buy like master cylinders are not cheap, right? Like you want a good one. I just got some new ones. I got one for my handbrake. Like I had the Magura, like the 13 millimeter, the old cheap one from 50 stunt that they sell, but I just got a new HC one for it. And then I'm getting another HC one for my front brake as well. Yeah. I've got the HC one too. I love those things. They're so nice. But like, oh yeah. Shouts out to the moto store, hooking it up. (laughs) Those things are expensive, right? So like by the time you add the the handbrake kit and then add a master cylinder to it in the end, like that's literally like $1,500 and a Z125 is 3000 bucks. So I mean like, yeah, do you really want to fucking put that much money into something like that? Like, I don't know. I tried making some like shitty one. Uh, I tried a junction style handbrake that didn't work at all. I tried making some. Oh yeah. I had a junction on my Grom for a little bit and I like never even used it. It doesn't work at all. I bought it and I put it on there and I was like, no. Yeah. I barely slows the wheel down. I even put my HC one on there to see if that would help it. It fucking barely did a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. That didn't work. I tried doing some like stupidly shittily rigged dual caliper thing on there. I made for like twenty bucks. It kind of half worked, but was like super sketchy. I don't know. It wasn't straight, so like, sometimes <laughs> it would grab, sometimes it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Magura that I'm taking off my bike now, like it's, I need like I need to rebuild it. Uh, you, I know you can get the rebuild kits for them for not very much money, and like I just need to tighten it up. Like it's just it has a lot of play in it, I guess, and it works. Like it works fine. But it's just like you have so much travel in it before it like locks your wheel up, yeah. And um, it's just really fucking annoying. But so I'm glad I'm finally putting the new one on there. And I, I got like uh, all new stainless steel lines like all the way around, you know, with the with the gold plating on the the oh, fittings, shit. you know. Cause, you know, I'm baller like that. Dude. It's, you know, it's an eight dollar upcharge, but it's cool. <laughs> it's gonna be straight. But I don't know. So I'm getting rid of some old shit. Um, uh, let's see here. Okay, so uh, next question. Two-wheeled idiot. What is the sketchiest stunt you've ever tried for the first time? For the first time? Shit, I don't even know. That's uh, that's a long list. I don't know what the sketchiest one is because I've, I've had so many of those moments where you're like in full butt pucker mode <laughs> and don't know what's yeah. going on. But I would say like, oh. I don't know, trying to flip a snowmobile without a foam pit would probably be pretty fucking sketchy. <laughs> yeah i could see that yeah i uh, i'd, I'd say like probably like the one where uh, the sketchiest thing that ever happened to me and i got away like scot-free some magical i don't know how the fuck that happened um i flipped a stoppy i was going over 200 kilometers an hour so whatever the fuck that is in miles an hour like uh, this fourth gear pinned on a 600 100 100 and uh like 120 yeah like i, I think. was i was fourth gear zero wide to open. 60 is 100 kilometers so. <laughs> yeah so fourth gear pinned, I flipped a stoppy because uh, I was trying to do the whole lot, right? That was like the, everyone kept yeah. going further and further. I was like, I'm doing the whole fucking lot right now. <laughs> and uh, I flipped the thing. Thankfully, I had like a little, I had like one of those, um, you know, like moto full kind of body armor suits on just on the top. Yeah. So like when I flipped, I fucking just like 
tuck myself into like a turtle shell and fucking just slid on the spine protector the whole way. <laughs> I, I slid the whole way across that fucking parking lot. There was like a little bit of plastic melted into my back by the end of it. But otherwise, like I was good. Like I was scot free. I was thinking I was going to lose all the fucking skin on my body at that point. Cause I was like, you know, not wearing gear cause it's what stunt rider does. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yep. I yeah. Just, I know people give me, you people used to give me shit all the time on YouTube. Like no gear. Where the, what the fuck, man? Fuck you. No respect. Yeah. It's like, Dude, it's like 110 degrees out. You wouldn't wear gear either. Yeah, like, like the, fuck it. The, if I get the hurt, only I guess reason, I get hurt. I don't the, know. The only reason I had that suit on that day was, or that fucking jacket thing, because I was learning high chair circles, and that was that was back in the day when no one was doing high chair circles. There was like three or four people, and uh, yeah. So like, I had it on that day just because I knew I was gonna be falling on my elbows in the concrete and shit like that. It's like, oh fuck all that. I'm gonna wear this suit so it yeah. hurt so bad. And luckily, I yeah, had I it have on. a. Uh, <laughs> I have like the the fox. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like this fox body armor. It's like a mesh suit and it's got pads all over it and shit. Yeah. And um, like if I go to the lot and I'm like trying to do new stuff, which I haven't done in uh probably like a year <laughs> or better, um, I'll put that on. Like if I'm going to do some sketchy shit, but if I'm just going to hit the streets and do the shit that I do every fucking week, and <laughs> yeah. like that's whatever. It's low risk. Yeah. <laughs> I've always I've always had one of those suits in my gear bag at all times because like every. And just keep it with me because you know if that thing goes on, shit's gonna get serious. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And speaking of the high chair circles, um, I told you uh, Cole Freeman, the other the guy that does the the Harley jumps. Yeah. He was telling me like because he does the stunt shows and everything, and he's like, dude, I was at the stunt shows like I was doing high chair circles and like the crowd doesn't give two shits because they don't know how hard that is. No, they like, don't. They, they but just you, don't understand. The if skill. you stand like, on the fucking seat, like, Honestly, they go, they lose their mind. You stand on the gas tank or the seat, yeah. they'll go nuts. Yeah, that's what he says. He's <laughs> like, dude, you just do some smoky burnouts. You stand on the fucking seat. He's like, you do a couple wheelies and you know scrape and throw some sparks or like put some gas down and you know scrape through <laughs> it and light it up. Like people love that shit. He's like the hard tricks. They don't care. They don't yeah. know what they are. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> it I've, just confuses them or something. I've ridden hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stunt shows, and yeah, like all the super hard technical shit. Like they'll just sit there and be like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah. And then you come by. Stand yeah, like on the people tank don't give a like, shit Boo! if you can do a circle both ways. They don't yeah. understand like doing a circle or like doing a figure eight is hard. Like, yeah, like, most people can't do that. Back in like my <laughs> my prime of stunting, like as far as circles, I could do like I could combo literally any fucking trick I wanted through a circle, be flying all over that bike, jumping over it, and people would just be like, "Yeah, yeah. that's cool." <laughs> what's funny is um like i follow like all these people that do like supermoto stunning and shit and like a lot of them they don't go to the streets like i fucking hate going to the lot i find it boring and uh, i just like going to the streets and having fun and like getting reactions out of people like on the sidewalk and all that it's just it's more exciting and um all these dudes that just stay in the lot like all they can do is like a bunch of circle tricks like ralph louis circle fucking i don't know all the different tricks but like they're just like standing in a different spot on the bike doing a circle over and over again and like i've never really thought about it but like my friends here that i ride streets with that do circles and everything they're just like dude circles aren't fucking tricks like once you can do a circle you can do any circle yeah unless you're doing like something hard like a 50 50 circle or a high chair so like if you're just standing in different spots on the back of the bike on the pegs like it's the same shit over and over again pretty much it's fucking nothing yeah it pretty much is and they were just like dude once you get circles you'll get every other fucking circle like the ralph louis and the fuck like everything else like ah you'll get it in like two weeks yeah (laughs) it's like fuck that was i liked being in a lot more than anything to be honest just because i liked the technicality of what i could do because like once i I was the same deal once i learned how to do all those circle different tricks i was like okay now what can i do with this to make this difficult because this is easy so yeah it was always fun for me to like try and do the jumping around tricks like go from ralph louis and then just jump right through the high chair like in one big fucking move like that yeah and like no one's really doing that on the supermotos it's like 
I mean, I don't think I've seen anybody do that. Maybe like a couple European dudes that do some crazy shit that yeah. doesn't even make sense, but yeah, they're like, from Europe, so it's, they get a slide. And certain <laughs> certain circle things are cool. Like things like death spins are fucking cool. They've always been cool ever since. Oh they yeah, came out. for Those sure. Are fucking rad. Uh, that kind yeah. of shit. I like the technicality of the stuff, but yeah, streets are streets are fun too. I I, I do enjoy. Yeah. That. It just kind of sucks. Like um, like I guess if you were to make the choice between being a professional stunt rider and just doing it for fun, it's like that's, if you get some sponsors, you're probably not getting to yeah, hit the streets you're, anymore. You're not hitting the streets. <laughs> it's anymore. like that's you probably cannot. a big big fucking letdown. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I think it was last weekend we were at the lot, and uh, do you know who Ian Gaines is? Yeah, he rides for Icon. Yeah, he was he was at the lot and shit too. And it's like I've ridden with him on bike night and stuff, but he'll just bring his Harley and he's just cruising, like he's not doing anything. Yep. He might hit like a small little burnout or something, but nothing at all. He's just cruising. Yeah. Well, the smart like, guys fuck. they they know. <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely so. Um, another question. Um. Okay, so um, angry angry twenty nine. He wants to know: Does it frustrate you when he when you post new videos and people come in just to complain about uh, his? He didn't finish his sentence. Okay, so it says come in just to complain about him not doing, and then it cuts off. It's probably so, like to complain I mean, about me not doing bike stuff. I imagine. Yeah, probably so. Um, but yeah, do you like pay attention to the people that just come in there to bitch or what? Like, you oh just yeah, turn I, it off. I, or? I still to this day, even though like it's starting to get a little bit out of hand now and I can't keep up with it. I try my best to answer literally every fucking comment that comes in good or bad. Um, yeah. So yeah, with those ones, I don't know. I don't really give a shit. I usually just have some kind of hilarious response just to fucking burn them 10 times worse. than they tried to burn me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try to make a joke out of it. Yeah. Make light like, of the situation. So like, I don't know. That's it, it happens <laughs> super often. Like it happens every day that there's someone that comes in here. Oh, I signed up for dying a shit and I'm um, watching this guy make t-shirts, blah, blah. And I'm like, well then fucking kick rocks, man. Like, I don't give a shit what you think. This yeah, is my go, channel. Like I can do what I want. There's fucking plenty of other, there's plenty of other motorcycle channels out there. You can go yeah. check out if you want to. Like, exactly. Who cares? So like, I don't care. And like, I say it to those people too. Like if you were a true fan of what's going on here, you wouldn't give a fuck what I'm making. Like that's the yeah. Like the shit still comes out cool. Yeah, are you? And like, I, I've been lucky enough with like the podcast and shit. I mean, I've only been doing them for a month and a half now, and it's like I haven't gotten too many people just talking shit. Like it's been real nice, and all the con- like anything negative is just been like constructive criticism. And I don't like I don't view that as negative. It's like I, no, I need that. I need people to tell me what's wrong. Yeah, there's like that's constructive how criticism is always welcomed. Like that's like the best thing yeah. you can get. There's a big, there's a fine line between that and talking shit. So I mean, like a lot of people don't know how to yeah. fucking stay on the right side of it. Yeah, and I think it also like there's there's a difference there's a different audience between YouTube and like podcasts because uh, I mean YouTube is filled with a lot of kids. Like there's a definitely a younger crowd there just because like they have more free time to watch videos versus like a podcast. Most people listen to a podcast while they're either driving down the road. Or at work and they happen to have some headphones in or something. Yeah, totally. You know, shit like that. And um, there's not really much place to talk shit on a podcast either. Like, <laughs> it's true. Th- there's no comment section really. Like, I put them on YouTube. Just, you know, a few people listen to them there. And <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I don't know. There's just like, I don't know. All the negative stuff doesn't come through because there's not much of a spot for it. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. But, I like the only people that really come and comment anything like people just tell me they like it or something that they want to see different or just something else to work on or think about. They'll like slide in my DMS and I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. like I said, that's how it gets better. So I don't know. It's interesting. <clears throat> and then, um, next question. Um, 
okay, so uh, Jake Wallace, he wants to know what, uh, how Manitoba is like with the stunning laws. Like, how bad is it there? Oh, Are they pretty rough? It's on horrible. Reckless driving. It is horrible. That's why I don't do it on the street anymore. Because if I yeah. do anymore, I'm like either going to jail for a period of time, or I'm not gonna ever be able to drive ever again. It's Ugh, it's fuck. that but they don't fuck around with that here. Like you, it's it's yeah. really really. Are you bad. in like a small town or is it like a big city there? It's like well by where you live standards, it's not a big city, but it's like it's a million person city. Yeah. Um, so it's not small. Oh, dude, by Dallas isn't very big. I don't know how many people are in Dallas, but uh, I don't know. I guess there's probably a couple million people in actual Dallas. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's a decently sized city. It's not small by any means, but yeah, like the laws here when yeah. it comes to that shit are they're they're strict as hell. Like, and it's expensive when you get caught. Holy fuck, it's expensive. Like, <laughs> it's bad. It's not Do like, they have no chase laws there? What's that? Uh, do they have no chase laws there? No. Like uh, they're not supposed to chase motorcycles? No, they will chase you or, forever. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah, but. laughs> and now they they're not now they got helicopters and shit just so that they could do that. Oh Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, we have no chase laws here, so like the cops will chase a little bit if you're like taunting them, but most of the time like I don't ride by myself anymore. Uh, we all go meet up somewhere and then ride, so like I don't just leave my house on the bike and then hit the street solo until I find somebody. Fuck all that. But most of the time, it's like, if you're in a group and you're doing wheelies and everything, like, if you see a cop and they light you up, just put it down, but keep riding. And normally, they'll just, like, flip their lights off and they'll drive off because they know that you're not going to stop. And a lot of it also is, like, if there's a cop car next to you and you're doing wheelies and then all the other, like, just the pedestrians around you, if they see that, they're going to call in and be like, this cop's not doing anything. Like, they kind of have to do something. Yeah, totally. But it's like, the, at least here, they don't put up too much of a fight. But you occasionally get, like, the state troopers or, you know, these guys with big dicks that think they, like, have to prove a point. Yeah, and, like, um, for us, I, I don't know. Like, I don't have a group of people that I could ever trust to not stop. <laughs> like, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know for me by myself, when I've... Uh, uh, I will 100% admit I've fucking outran the cops multiple occasions by myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like when there's a group and shit, there's maybe like three people I know that have the riding skill that would, that could get away or would do the same thing and just keep going and not stop. But like, that's it. And that's not enough people to justify like a cop just turning around saying like, ah, fuck this. Um, and plus like, yeah. that's, that's not a thing that happens here. So if that was to happen here once they like, there would be like a full blown fucking like, eye in the sky chopper fucking speed chase going on because like that just shit doesn't happen here so if like i had a group of 15 guys who can kill it with wheelies and shit and we were all just doing wheelies and not stopping it would be a big fucking deal yeah here it's like dude if we if we like actually go out to dallas like downtown and stuff like there's cops everywhere they're they're on the sidewalks they're fucking on bicycles they're on car like they're just everywhere it's like they'll fucking wave when you go by (laughs) they just like i don't know they just kind of let it be i guess because like they I don't know. Maybe they like actually do worry about other crimes down there, like actual real crimes. Maybe I don't know, but or <laughs> yeah. they just know that they're not gonna like just stop it. We're not just gonna pull over. So I mean, but like we go to the same fucking gas station every week down there, and it's like I don't. Cops will come in there and talk to people and leave. I don't know. They just let it go. I don't know. It's kind of oh, yeah. cool, but like I'm north of Dallas, like up in the suburbs, and it's a different story here. It's like. They'll fuck with you. They'll arrest you. They'll try everything they can to stop you. So I just <laughs> yeah. don't. I, I just don't do anything up this way. Yeah. If I'm up this way, like I try to stick to a lot or something, which I haven't been to a lot in a while. But um, like after I'm getting a new stunt bar made and everything right now, it should probably be here. I guess in this next week. But 
Um, after I get that, I guess I'll probably go back to hitting the lot and trying to learn actual new tricks, but just got to find time. Yeah, it's, it's weird because, like, I live in a neighborhood where people keep their mouth shut about things most of the time. So, like, I bomb around on my mini bikes fucking all over the neighborhood and no one says shit about it. Yeah. Like, but if I was to do it on the streets, yeah, it might go badly. Well, I do. With the, yeah. 110, with the 110, I am on the streets and the sidewalks and all that shit. But if I was to do it with a big bike, then it would be a different story. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's a little mini dirt bike, like, They'll probably let that shit slide. Yeah, the cops have caught me doing that a bunch of times, and they're just like, ah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and eh, just kind of go back home. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Keep it off the big streets. <clears throat> um, so, uh, okay, Mac Mac is Mac. He wants to know what your favorite favorite freestyle moment was. I mean, you talked about Russia earlier. Uh, my but... favorite one to this day is uh, was winning the uh, the world championship, our tour championship. That was the best fucking moment in my career by far. That, that was yeah. a cool moment. Cause like it was, it was a battle all season long, um, between myself and another dude. Uh, we got me and him were, we were on the podium at every single event. It was either first or second place. Me and him. I thankful. I, I had one bad weekend. Like I won, uh, what out of the 12 events, I won eight of them. Um, but it was a tight points. Like when you're just coming back and forth like that, like we were within, if one guy had a bad night, you're fucked yeah thing um so yeah like the whole season we were we were back and forth with each other and then um one night he had that bad night he got like uh, he missed like two tricks in his run and oh uh, son of a bitch and like right in that moment i was like (coughs) i just i was i just won i just won the championship like holy fucking shit yeah i can literally go out there and throw a fluffer run and i win so just like holy fuck (laughs) so like i literally like full-blown just like started losing my mind like fuck yeah i went out on the course for my run even though i didn't have to go ape shit afterwards because i had already technically won yeah. i threw down like the gnarliest run of my entire fucking life <laughs> and just like stick everything i sealed the deal like i, I didn't want to win that way i wanted to like win so i like yeah I, yeah I, nobody I, wants to go I out there and down, like, like all the biggest tricks that. i ever could like some of the tricks that i was like still unsure of and was still kind of working on adrenaline's I, like, fucking adrenaline was like great yeah adrenaline was cranked to 11 <laughs> so it's just like i'm hucking everything at full extension i don't give a fuck what happens <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah so won that thing in style i won it with the two stops on the tour to go so like i won it earlier earlier than anyone ever had damn and, holy uh, shit where uh where was that look like where was that one at that you actually wanted at uh what the fuck what, what was that one i don't even know where the location was to be honest with you i think it was in uh just know the feeling uh, was think, good huh i think it was in like salt lake city or something Salt Lake City or New oh, okay. York. It was more right around one of those two areas. But, uh, yeah, I just remember the moment where I was like, I just won the championship. Well, those, like, those two places are across the country from each other, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They all blend together. When you're in, like, hundreds of arenas around the country, they all just kind of look the same after a while. Understandable. <laughs> but that's cool. That's cool. I would have met, yeah, I could see, yeah. Understandable with that being the best feeling in that the was, fucking world. You know, that was what I was working towards my whole life, like, when I was a little kid and stuff like that like i was yeah. i was against all my idols all the people i looked up to growing up and shit like that and i'm riding against these guys now and i just beat them all like how fucking sweet is that yeah whenever you like first start going up against your idols like that does it like is it nerve-wracking or like are you like no i deserve to be here so i i am this Dude. good like i can fucking do these things <laughs> the, at or... the first event like because it took me uh what was it three years the third year is when i won the title but the first two years i ended up like second third in points i got rookie of the year yeah both or the yeah, first time yeah. and shit like that i was but uh 
the first year at the first event, like, you know, you'd expect like you're a pro, you deserve to be there and whatever. Like, no, I went through the fucking, through our locker room. I got everybody's autograph. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm Can like, I take a picture with you? <laughs> yeah. Like that's, I was like a full fanboy in there for the whole fucking weekend. Like, even though I'm riding against these guys and shit, like I it didn't even register with me at all. Even like, even after I got yeah. second, like I beat most of them or whatever. Like my main guy that I looked up to, like my whole life was Chris Brandt or whatever. And I beat him. And, uh, and I'm sitting there just like fucking asking, like, can you give me like some stickers or like a pair of goggles or something that I can hang on my wall? Like, ah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, whenever you guys weren't in competition, was it real competitive or was everybody like pretty cool with each other? Like, no, everyone was pretty cool for the most part. There are a few like rivalries and shit that were like, yeah, for sure. There's always going to be that, but for the most part, a lot of people like got along and shit and because we're you kind of yeah. had to we were together all the fucking time yeah like, i was gonna <laughs> say you're fucking going to all these places together like you better make friendships or it's not even gonna be fun yeah and like a lot of the guys were younger for the most part like there was one bracket of guys so, like i was the youngest by far um but there was a bracket of like 15 to 18 year olds we all kind of hang out and then there was like the 20 something year olds they all kind of hung out and shit like that and yeah but yeah, Interesting. It, was, it was pretty cool. Especially the younger guys were the ones that were like, we were terrible. Cause like you're, you're unleashing these young kids with no supervision with money on the road. Like things yep. are going to go badly. <laughs> <laughs> things can go bad very quickly. Yeah. yeah. And they, they always did. <laughs> <laughs> you find a way yeah, somehow. We're wrecking a um, lot of hotel rooms and rental cars and shit like that on a regular basis. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. You get the rental car. Of course you pay for the extra insurance on uh, yeah. it. Like we, no questions we asked. Te- we couldn't even have it because we like none of us. I didn't have even drive a driver's license. You can't rent a car until you're 25. So we're like stealing rental cars from the fucking crew and going out and destroying <laughs> these things. <laughs> Oops. Well, oh, well, <laughs> there was a, uh, whenever we were in high school, there was a hotel that was here local that would take cash and it's like so stupid. They wouldn't ID you. They wouldn't do shit. They would just take cash for the room. And it was like 40 bucks for the night. It's like, if we didn't have anywhere else to go, we just go get a room or two side <laughs> by side, fucking party there. It'd be trash the next day. Never hear about it again. Couple, couple weeks go by, you go do it again. They don't ask any questions. They just do it again. It's like, Fuck. Oh well, it's like that's what you get, I guess, for letting a bunch of kids pay cash to fucking stay at your hotel for the night. Pretty but, much, right? Oh well, I remember yeah. one of one of them. You're... We we fucked it up so bad. There was like something like our tour manager had to pay like a fucking twenty five thousand dollar fucking bill at the end of it because we wrecked the place. So God bad. damn! Yeah, yeah, this hotel room wasn't worth twenty five grand. So <laughs> no, no, we didn't wreck just the room. We wrecked like the whole hotel. This was. Uh... <laughs> It's a it's a kind of a long story, but the short version of it is it was the one that was closest to my hometown. It was in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, I got on the microphone and like you know half the people from my hometown showed up at that thing to to show to watch this oh, thing. Oh shit! So I jumped on the microphone at the end of the night, like when I'm on the podium, fucking saying my shit, and like I didn't even talk about my run, yeah. didn't talk about my sponsors, didn't talk about shit. I was like, "There's a party in room, blah blah blah." After the fucking show, everyone's ah. invited. Everyone in this arena is invited to it, and sure enough, like. A lot of people showed up the at the arena. Scene. Like came. the whole hotel was just packed full of fucking people, and it got fucking annihilated. <laughs> God damn! Yeah, I'm sure your fucking childhood was pretty crazy then. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty ridiculous. It sounds like it. So, um, there's one more question, and I honestly I don't know if this was directed at me or you, and um, <laughs> just because the phrasing, <laughs> Selena uh, Antolini wants to know. You single, and I am not, but you are, I'm assuming, so. Sure am. 
<laughs> no chick for you. Yeah. I'm engaged. I'm locked down. Oh <laughs> shit, you're you're serious. Yep. But, you know, she's cool. She's in the other room. She can probably hear me saying all this, but she's dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, but, man. Oh well. One day I'll yeah. grow up. So that's it. That yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I like didn't ever really think that was gonna be for me, but you know, I guess when you find the one, it's like, ah, fuck. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess And so. she doesn't want to have kids either, so we don't... Neither one of us, like, want to have kids, so that works out, too. That's not going to be, like, a squabble at some point. Yeah. A big fight. So, it just works out. And she likes the whole bike thing and all this shit, so she encourages me. So that's nice. Oh, that's fucking awesome, she's, man. Yeah, she's not too needy. <laughs> Low <laughs> maintenance. Yeah. Um, but that's it for the submitted questions, I guess. Um. Do you have anything else like you want to promote or anything before we wrap this all up? Did you kind of go through everything you want to talk about? I mean, promotion-wise, I don't know. You can look at my websites and stuff if you want. I'm not going to sit there and promote it like that kind of guy. But <laughs> it, uh, Yeah. What's your websites? What's your uh, social medias? What you got? Uh, well, my personal one is just Lee Stewart 38 uh, Instagram. That's kind of where I hang out mostly. And then uh, – yeah. The two companies, you can just Google 38 Ride Co. all spelled out or Rogue Lab and uh, see what I'm doing there. Yeah, and those are on Instagram as well? Those are both on Instagram, uh, have website. Well, the yeah. print shop doesn't really have much of a website yet, but it's coming. <laughs> <Where to laughs> it's go? coming, yeah. I'll put, all, I'll put all this shit in the bio of the podcast too so people can find it there for Oh, sure. yeah, awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time fucking pumping up my own tires with that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, understandable. I mean, you got plenty of other shit going on besides yeah. fucking social media management. So uh, I like to I like to be humble about it. Yeah, that's a probably a good trait to have. Really, it's nobody a, wants that cocky asshole. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a rare thing in this in the social media world and YouTube world. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's like anymore. It's like. Who even has a lot of followers? Like, what you gotta have five million to have a fucking lot now? Like, it's anybody and their mom nuts, has. Yeah. Like, I remember when you like had the bars. Like, if you had the little K beside the number, you were like a big deal, and now it's like you know some little yep. fucking. There's like a, there's a cat that's got fucking millions of followers. Like, I'm a cat's bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite page. It's like I remember. I remember whenever I first got like a thousand followers on Instagram, and I was like damn this is big shit dude <laughs> this many people care about this this is cool yeah. fuck uh it's crazy yeah, like, i far. always i hated social media for a long time until i realized like the value of it and what i'm trying to do that it's necessary and i yeah. have to fucking it's start like you, caring it, about it it's absolutely necessary now <laughs> i still struggle with it every it's time fucking... I, literally every time i post something i'm like uh you know like am i do i sound conceited here does this like is this kind of some kind of fucking flex post or something like what the fuck yeah I, how do i see this through someone else's eyes and i just gotta start fucking doing it and it's it's very <laughs> yeah fuck it flex on everybody <laughs> yeah what the fuck dogs freaking out in the background um all right well cool man that's uh that was kind of everything i had and you already shouted out all your social medias and your websites and everything like that um, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast and carving out a couple hours out of your very busy schedule. Because, oh, I'm, uh, I'm grateful. Well, we've been for talking it, about man. doing this for weeks and shit now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Like it's been cool, obviously, to sit here and shoot the shit with you after so many years. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I know, right? It's fucking awesome too to be able to sit for however long it's been two hours and not do anything has been wonderful <laughs> yeah it's kind of nice isn't it <laughs> i get to shut everything else off although I, I will say i had a very lazy sunday today so i didn't get shit done today <laughs> i didn't do a damn thing until we did this it was nice yeah. <laughs> it's just what i needed but um yeah man i appreciate it um 
it was real cool getting to talk to you and everything like that. And uh, next time we do this, hopefully we'll be face to face and not over the internet. So no shit, right? Either I'm coming there, or you're coming here, one of the two. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Oh, definitely, man. I gotta come down there well, and crush some wheelies on the streets where I won't get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. I, shit, everyone's trying to come here to do that. <laughs> yeah. Seems like. No but. kid, didn't didn't B Rad just move to Texas or something? Yep, he's down south though, and I don't know. He's like giving up the streets pretty much. He, he's Crazy. all about he's all about the enduro. Yeah, he is. But I mean, he's fucking killing it at that. Yeah, he's getting pretty good too. He's totally and, sick uh, at it. Did so. you the two stroke he just built is badass, and I think he's gonna come on. Let's see here, twenty fifth. Um, uh, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I think next weekend. Oh no way. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so I think the next episode. I'm looking at my calendar here, and like I literally think. Okay, so not this next week, but the week after that, there should be a B rad episode. Oh, wicked! Yeah. We've been trying to line it up, and he just hadn't made it. He's like four, probably about four to four and a half hours south of me, so. There's a little bit of distance between us. Okay. Texas is fucking big, if you didn't know. Yeah, it's pretty fucking huge. <laughs> People don't know that, um, like, El Paso, El Paso, Texas is closer to California than it is to Dallas. It's like the same <laughs> fucking state. That's what people don't realize Ridiculous. about like our provinces and shit, just how huge they are. But because there's only like so little of them, our our country isn't as divided up as yours guys is. Like you guys have what was it? Yeah, how many states? Fifty something. 50. We have fifty states. Um, plus yeah. a couple like dis like you know Washington D.C. is like not a state; it's a fucking pro like a a district. I guess I don't. Fucking oh yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Like yeah, my my province, Manitoba, is like it's like two and a half Texases. It's huge. Jesus Christ! But. But how many people? How many people live in Canada? Do you know? Like, do you know a rough estimate? I have no idea. I think it's less than the amount of people that live in California, though. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, most of Canada is uninhabited, isn't it? Just because how cold a lot it is of up it north. Is, yeah. Like when you start getting further north, it's there's nothing going on up there. Yeah. Yeah. We have 350 million people or something like that in the states, which yeah, is kind of crazy. Like, there's seven, seven or eight billion people in the world, and only 350 million here. Kind of fucking crazy. I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> I want to know the number. <laughs> Actually, I'm interested. 36 million as of 2017. That's it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Y'all got it. Those are rookie numbers, dude. Get your numbers <laughs> up. Y'all start, I, that's why I like it here. Procreating. That's why I like it here. Man. <laughs> I fucking, I lived in the U.S. for multiple years, and fucking, I'm glad I came back here. Yeah. Too many, too many goddamn Where's, people. Yeah. There's fucking a lot of people, that's for sure. But, uh, all right, man. Well, let's wrap this bitch up. So, um, shit, we went through everything, man. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on, dude. Hell yeah, thank you. Bikes and bullshit. Peace.